しと涙で光る翼で今全部全部を消さってどれか Let's get ready to rumble! Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Matt, aka Legion X, and welcome to Sports Month here on The Gap. I'm your host. With me, I have my co host, Shane. How are you doing today, Shane? Sports. Balls. <laughs> Teams. Many, <laughs> many, many balls. Goal posts? Hitting the field goal? That play? Excellent. <laughs> What was Lamb it? Dunk. I have no fucking idea. Yeah, it, dude, seeing you two talk about sports is the funniest thing to me. Yeah, I don't what was that, care. What was that play? I have no idea. Look cool, I though. Which we have my co-host, Spencer. How are you doing today, Spencer? I'm uh, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I, was trying to find a, I was trying to find a fucking sound effect. Uh, I'm uh, fine. I'm fine. I'm just I'm trying fine, to find it. I'm trying to find a fucking sound effect that's starting to bug me that it just it isn't there. Why isn't it there? It's it. It's the most fucking. Why isn't like, it there? It's this like is it's, preposterous. It's like it's like this is uh, bullshit. It's, I'm it's like fucking sue YouTube. <laughs> Where's the fucking sound? Where is no. it? <laughs> it isn't that I. Yeah, Matthew, like talk. You... Jesus Christ! Oh, uh, one second. Uh, uh. <laughs> if you, if if us talking about sports makes uh, fucking it fucking makes you laugh, uh, you trying to use technology is equally as funny. I'm I'm trying to get like. <laughs> nope, that's not the sound effect I'm looking for. Fuck it. Super Mario 64 is a great fucking game. Just kidding, it's dated. Play the DS version. I'm fucking done. <laughs> Only play the DS version on a 3DS because then you get the analog control. You get the analog. Okay, okay. I was literally just looking for the fucking jump into the picture. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, that's all I was looking for. <laughs> would, okay. Do, would you believe that they don't have just that sound effect? Instead, they have a fucking... Four and a, almost five minute video that just is just me Mario. Just that it's just a compilation. You love to see it. You love it. You love. You love to see it. Anyways, uh, here we go. So long, gay Bowser. Yeah. So, so long, so long, gay so Bowser. Speaking of gay Bowsers, um, oh boy, we have a wonderful show for you planned today. Um, with Yuri on Ice, which is our first, which is our first uh, show we're talking about on Sports Month on the Gap, which is the uh, month in the year where we talk about nothing but sports anime, because you know it's summer. Go outside, you know, in the, in the fucking heat wave. Apparently, yeah, in the blistering um, fucking heat where you're gonna melt into a puddle. God, do I? Puddle, because we're in a fucking heat wave right now. Um, it's actually not that bad out right now because it's not it's too not warm that bad and there's right a nice now. breeze. It's not yeah, as bad as why... it, uh, Did, did y'all hear what's going on in Vancouver right now, though? Yeah, they're dying. Yeah. <laughs> they're the literally Pacific melting. North, the Pacific Northwest <laughs> is not ready for this. So if you live in the states such as Oregon, Idaho, Washington State, Ow. yeah, Alberta. Yeah. British Canada, Columbia, British Columbia, just Canada, 
California is bad right now too. California. Yeah, it, like if you live out there, I'm very sorry. Uh, <laughs> there's some lots of shit. Uh, but in any but in any case, we're here to talk about some sports. We talked about Yuri and Ice today, along with some along with our seasonal awards, as this is the end of a season, um, as well as some simul pubs and some news. Uh, specifically because we got a lot of because we got, because we got a lot of very interesting news this week. Uh, thanks to not just the Mapper event, but a bunch of other random stuff that came out, which is nice. So let's just jump right into it because I'm ready to get started. I don't know about y'all, uh, but I've been think... ready since I popped out the pussy, Matt. Let's fucking go. Let's go then. All right, let's go. We won't let's be talking about se- a lot of. Yeah, start off with our seasonal awards. Okay, so spring 2021 is over, and I must say that this was the best season of anime we've had in a fucking while. Uh, this season was fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, just nothing but banners after banner after banner. Um, lots of, like, literally half the show, like, honest to God, there was, like, three or four shows this season that were, like, anime of the year contenders. Straight up. <laughs> uh, and it's 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 nuts. Uh, I don't So I don't know about any of you if you feel the same way that I do in terms of that season. Cause I'm going to sing the phrase about this season for quite a while. I think actually, I mean, it definitely, it definitely was a great season from what I have seen. Um, <laughs> because of course, you know, it's 14 first, same as the first Shane starts up on a seasonal bullshit and then falls off after two weeks only to catch up right at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing yeah, happened good, again. Good shit. Once good again, shit, though. it's good shit. It's good shit. Um, and I'm very excited. Uh, so and so, let's talk about some seasonal awards. Uh, obviously, uh, we know how this works. And we're gonna start off. We usually start off these seasonal awards, which is with for be- best animation. What do we think had the best animation of the season? Spencer, what do you think had the best animation uh, for the spring 2021 season? Mm. There's some good there's uh, some contenders here. There's there are some interested. contenders. I'm interested to there's see a what lot Spencer of... thinks. There's a lot of really, really good animation work in this season. I know what Um, it's for overall anime. This is tough. Yeah, it it is tough because there's not a single clear winner this season. Yeah, it also because I'm the opposite of Matt of Shane, and I've watched 24 shows, and I've caught up on all 24 of them. Uh. Because I'm a madman, so there's just a ton of shit. Uh, I'll give it to... Give it to the one that stuck out the most. 86. 86, which is my 86. pick as well, actually. Yeah, okay. I'll give it to 86. Interesting. Interesting. 86. I think 86. 86 was my favorite looking show of the season. Um, it mm-hmm. had the most consistently stellar action scenes. It was extremely well directed. The character animation is stellar. Um... Uh, fantastic, like, the cuts and everything are all amazing. The mechs are in 2D? Yeah. Fuck yes! Like, 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 we don't get that often anymore, and it looks um, it looks amazing. Like, 2D, nothing hits harder than 2D mechs. Like, when 2D, like, when you see 2D mechs fighting, it's mwah, like, it's, it, it's so good. And 86 stood out to me the most. There's a bunch of other shows that stood out, but to me, 86 was the one that l- probably was my favorite to look. Like, it, it was animation-wise was my favorite this season. That's uh, the just, one that I'd say. Uh, I, I also, I'll give special credit to the other two mech shows, which was Dinazanon. Um, 
Diazanon is also up there, yeah, for me. Uh, I only watched it, but Back Arrow looked really good near the back half. Uh, especially back half. Uh, and uh, Juron, the Princess of Blood and Snow. Uh, Honestly, I think outside of 86 and Diazanon, the show that really stood out to me was probably Megalobox. Yep. Uh, was probably Megal Megalobox. Nomad. And also Nagatoro as well. Uh, uh, so Nagatoro uh, had solid animation. I don't think I would consider it best of season worthy. Has, yeah, but... I wouldn't consider it best of season either. It also, but it has some of my favorite character animation beats of the season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of just how it how everything moves. Uh, Shane, uh, what was your favorite? What do you think had the best animation of the season? To your eternity. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Yep. Good choice. Because I don't think. It's one of those shows where, animation-wise, it's very freeform. And, you know, I mean, the main character is a fucking shape-shifting entity, so it makes sense. But yeah, um, from everything I've seen of the show, it's just, it has that really loose, freeform, almost like abstract style of animation that I really love. Because it allows for a lot more dynamic scenes. It allows for a lot more creativity in the movement and the character designs. And especially when you have a character like Kushi, um, who just changes into whatever the fuck it, can't, it wants or can. Having good animation is kind of necessary because it allows for that really dynamic, almost like unpredictable sense of flow and transformation so and fucking brain space knocked it out of the park with the show brain and like it looks fantastic mm -hmm. brain brain space once again doing fantastic work on on this uh fantastic one. Oh, uh and fucking uh forgot to mention 86 a1 so yeah a1 yeah. pictures which probably explains why it looks so good but uh because you know a1 yeah a1 um a1 is a1 they are indeed. Um, they they so have the not, number one in their name. Yeah, and ever uh, now every season now now spring was a huge season with a lot of highly anticipated titles and a lot of stuff, a lot of shows. Um, but sometimes they're even even with all those shows, there's at least one show that comes in and surprises us. Shane, what was your biggest surprise of the season? I was thinking about this, and I kept going back to one show that I've been talking about. Uh, consistently ever since the season started uh, that I at one point called my dark horse of the season and that's Tokyo Revengers Tokyo Revengers is not my pick because I've been, I've been hyping it up since the beginning of the season so I knew it was going to be good so I, unfortunately it's not my pick uh, I but, did not know it was going to be that good it, it isn't my, my, my pick but it's a genuinely incredible show that I can't I, I, I look forward to Week to week, like Tokyo. Yeah, I uh, should go. Shane, talk about Tokyo Revengers because I know Tokyo Revengers stuff. surprised me mainly because one, I knew next to nothing going in, so it exceeded all my expectations. Two, I didn't realize it would be nearly as strong writing wise as it is because it's juggling a time travel story and a mystery at the same time. So it's like. It's juggling a lot of things at once, but the writing really holds up throughout at least everything that's been adapted so far. Um, and every single week, 
I keep getting surprised at just how consistently solid these episodes are, both in terms of writing, direction, and also animation. Like everything about this show just hits hard for me. It just it just keeps hitting, like it almost like it never misses. Um, and yeah, but. Honestly, Tokyo Revengers was easily the biggest surprise for me this season because it just it just kept delivering over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in Tokyo Revengers is you know Tokyo Revengers is really great, and I think the best thing about it is like you mentioned, it balances so many elements, and I never know where it's going, and that's the best part of mm-hmm. it. Every yeah. episode throws in a curve. I think I know where it's going. Every episode, then something happens in an episode. I'm like, well, I guess this isn't happening anymore. Uh, like it's always throwing curveballs, and I really like that. Um, and upping the stakes and upping the drama in really in really interesting ways. Spencer, what was yes. your pick for the most surprising show of the season? This was difficult. This was difficult. Um, I'm gonna go. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Bakuten. Uh, backflip. It's a show about men's rhythmic gymnastics. Mm, yes. Uh, oh, yeah, this one. The show's really, really good. Like, like genuinely impressive. Like, like, like high Q levels of quality. But it's about men's rhythmic men's rhythmic gymnastics. Not something I can say I've ever really been interested in. I really didn't even watch it when it was on the Olympics, so I okay. But did... to to be fair, Spencer, mm-hmm. you say that for every sport you claim you are not interested in, and then they make an anime out of it, and then you're like, "This is my life now." <laughs> yeah, that, but that's just because Spencer loves sports, all sports, <laughs> and we'll get to that concept because Yuri on Ice is figure skating, and I am not a big fan of figure skating. Um. But it it was twelve episodes of quality, like, and it was so genuine, like, like it had that. I I keep on wanting to go back to Haikyuu because totally it's very similar, where it's just a bunch of buddies being like bros being bros, yeah, guys being and dudes. like just guys being dudes. Except instead of playing volleyball, they're doing men's rhythmic gymnastics, which seems like it wouldn't be interesting, and there wouldn't be room for like drama or like emotional beats but like seeing these guys succeed is the same as seeing Karasuno like score points and like do crazy things and like get past the first round and the second round because like the most hype fucking ways yeah like they spend time building these characters so you get to know them and you get to kind of get into their heads but also the show opens up on five minutes of CG choreography. Silence, nothing but music, no dialogue. That's how the first episode starts with. That shows that you have some serious balls because you are putting CG as the the focal point of the start of your series. The CG is fine when it comes to it. I mean, it works. It does its job. Uh, It shows men in motion. But the actual series itself is just so genuine and full of passion and heart for a sport that I really don't care for and didn't really know that much about. It was really good. 
I mean, will I go out of my way to watch men's rhythmic gymnastics? Probably not still. It's just, I guess I'll watch it in the Olympics. But aside from that, it was a genuine surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, For me, biggest surprise was a no-brainer. It's fucking odd taxi. Like, <laughs> it's fucking odd taxi. And I think the reason why is because prior to this, se- prior to the first episode airing, I didn't know this show existed. And, and all I rem- all I remember is the show episode coming out, not knowing the show was even a thing. And then looking at all of the reactions to shows and everyone saying, watch odd taxi, please. So I was like, okay, I'll watch this show. Mm-hmm. What's the fucking... What the fucking a fucking walrus driving a taxi? You know what? Fucking whatever. Right, what the I watched fuck the first ever, episode, and I I watched the first episode, hooked immediately. And the rest of the season, Odd Taxi was one of my favorite shows of the season, just out of the gate. And it's like this. This is my favorite kind of surprise. A show that literally comes out of nowhere and is just like quietly one of the best shows i've seen in a while like it's just it's it's just i love shows like that i love stuff and yeah so to me like it's odd taxi like it can't be anything else like it to me that's like the that was the biggest pleasant surprise of the season but with a surprise must come a disappointment now for disappointment i'm going to be breaking a little bit of a rule here. i would say you two have cheated Kind of, if you're gonna do what yeah, I think you're gonna yeah, do. Yeah, it would. Uh, I, 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 we're gonna. I'm gonna be breaking a little bit of a rule here. I don't know if anyone else has the same thing I do. I don't think Spencer, because you mentioned that. Are you? Do you have the same thing I do? No, you two. If you two have the same thing, you are breaking a rule, and you know I don't break rules. Well, we're the hosts. We're allowed to break rules. Exactly. All right, I'll have Spencer go first. Then, what was your biggest disappointment? Oh, it, it's very simple. It's the world ends with you. The world animation. ends with you. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the the art was good. The music was good. The story was something. When it had a story and didn't rush through like a forty hour game in twenty four. Oh, in twelve episodes, thirteen episodes. Sorry, thirteen episodes. Um, it was just a disappointment because the world the world ends with you is one of my favorite RPGs I've ever played. Mostly because of his unique kind of gameplay and kind of art direction, storytelling, and all that. Uh, just got rid of it all. Just got rid of the whole thing. First episode starts. They're already on like day day five or day four. No, I think they end that episode seven. at the end of day three, going into day four, and it's like, yeah, it has been twenty minutes, sir. <laughs> you cannot go this. To put that into perspective to people, I am playing and I'm doing like minor like. Like, not even grinding, but, like, minor side content and buying stuff and all that. I'm on day... Three as well. I'm on day three. And I'm at, like, two and a half, three hours. Not 20 minutes. The show is rushed. Very rushed. And it was 100% rushed because... They need to, uh, you know... Promote the sequel game coming out Promote the sequel game coming out. It's just one big fucking commercial. It's a big commercial. And it's it's a good commercial. It's a pretty commercial. It looks it, nice. You know what made that even more like egregious is that after mm-hmm. the show finished airing, the World Ends With You account on Twitter literally posted, Thanks for watching the World Ends With You animation. Make sure you pre-ordered Neo The World Ends With You releasing for Nintendo Switch on July 27th. 
And it's like, well, it was literally an ad. <laughs> it was just an ad. It was just 12 weeks of an ad. Thank you guys so much for, for watching four hours of our program. Now, how about you spend money and buy a game? Play the thing, that, play the thing that you know is actually good, unlike this. <laughs> Please, we spent time making this. Yeah, no, this just goes to show me that I just can't trust animations based off of video games anymore. It's yeah, just not unless, it's, un, un, unless it is base Persona 4. Unless it's That's base the, Persona 4, which is still the gold tier. That, that shit's still really good. It's so. it's so good, and then they made Golden, and it fucking sucks, and then they well, made Five the Animation. Golden's just a recap of the of yeah, a show just, that yes. didn't need it, so like... And then they made Five the Animation, and it fucking sucks, and then... Well, it's not the, that bad. I'll defend it a bit. I don't think it's okay, that bad. Okay, it's like a fine. It's like a 6 out of 10. It's I was fine. Just, I was it's just fine. like, at least it's double core. At least True. it's double core. And it had at a couple specials. Give us, so. At least <laughs> they give us the bad ending. That's always good. Yeah, yeah. They, they they were smart enough to actually do bad and the bad and good endings. They did both. Uh, they would they act they adapt. It's like they it's like they, it's like they knew. Uh, they knew. They at least adapted that right. Uh, even if they ended, uh, even if they ended in a weird spot initially. Um, but. but. You yeah. two go ahead and talk about it because I'll, I'll, I'll rule chime here. in. We are breaking a rule here because normally we try to keep it to shows that stuff that aired this season, and this technically aired this season, so we can, you know uh we can uh we can put it in. But we have to talk about this because um because this pissed because <clears throat> this pissed me off. Uh this is the this is this is the biggest fumbling of a show I have seen in quite a while. So let's talk about the Wonder Egg Priority Special, the biggest disappointment of maybe the year, quite fucking frankly, not just the season. My disappointment uh, is immeasurable and my day is ruined. Day is and ruined. My day what? is ruined. What happened here? What happened? <laughs> what happened? I don't... Like, I literally... I watched this last night just so that I could talk about it and be in the know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the fuck I watched or why it mattered or why it existed, but it sure didn't resolve anything. It sure didn't, it didn't add anything. <laughs> it didn't add anything. The, the, what, what makes this sting more is the fact that, one, this was how the series was supposed to end initially. Before they got the recap episode because of the fucking atrocious production. Which I'll get into. So so um, it, was, it was always going to be a clusterfuck at the end. It was always going to end like this. Um, and the second thing is what makes this stain more is the fact that we had to... I, I, it, we, it's the fact that we had to wait two months for this. Uh, is we had to wait two months for this. After such a fucking fantastic show as Wonder Egg Priority. And then... To have it end in such a way that's just disaster that's disastrous is really really shitty. And so, it's <laughs> So to put it simply to people who might not know or might not have watched it yet, it is a double core episode, so it's forty minutes. Twenty five and a half of it is recap. That um I... And then the rest of like the the twenty odd minutes are nothing. Nothing. Liter so, so the simple plot goes like this: twenty five and a half minutes of recap. Okay. All then we exposition, get to the end. by the way. All exposition. Show. Yeah, that's just talking. Then we go to 
the 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 second after the last episode, after episode twelve. Okay, and then something happens, and then I is with her mother and teacher, and then all of a sudden, uh, Koito and all the other girls come back to life, but uh, they don't remember the other girls, um, so that causes some issues, and then uh the the and then Nehru goes missing at some point and then when I goes to talk to Nehru she blows her off and it turns out that that isn't Nehru that's Nehru's sister and Iru. yeah Iru cuz that's a great 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 name great um name. and then it turns out that that Nehru is a uh, AI that gained physicality Senti- and sentience, sentience? and sapience it gained sentience and sapience so it couldn't just feel things; it could know things, and it was also a physical being because it was you can a fucking. Neural, it was a neural net processor, a learning computer. It was ever evolving. It was, it was ever evolving, and it it, it was like a T one thousand because it had like a like. I just can't get over the fact that they say AI, but this thing has a physical shape. Like they held it, they could hug it. It was a physical object in space. At that point, isn't that just isn't that just an android? That's just an android. It's just an it's android. Just a, so Nehru is an android. Equally stu- which is equally as stupid. Oh, don't it's, it's, it's equally as stupid, but I can give an android a hug. I can't fucking hug an AI unless I find a server, okay? But that's that's skipping ahead, ironically. So then we find out the reason why I goes on this journey is because her friend Koito, or what's her name? Koito. Koito. Okay, yeah. it's Koito. Koito uh, falls off the roof and commits suicide. And and we think it's because she was having like a turgid romance with the art teacher that is trying to get with um I's mother. Um turns out no. Turns out Koido's uh, just a bitch. Koido's just a fucking cunt, dude. She's just a straight up fucking cunt. Tur- turns out that. she's just okay. a fucking manipulative bitch who was like so, egging so the teacher on. At her, so at at her old school, she had pushed a teacher to suicide because she made up rumors about being, you know, raped by him. So at this school, she tried to do the same thing with the art teacher. And she gets up on the, on, she, she, she sends a letter to the art teacher saying, if you don't come to the roof, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump. Then she gets, I'll do and it. And then she gets up and then she gets on the edge of the roof and starts shouting things like the teacher raped her and stuff like that. And then she slips and falls Oops. off and Oops. dies. She slipped on a fucking banana peel. Oopsie daisies, guess I'm dead. She, she slipped on, on a Mario-style banana peel and goes... Yeah, she just she was just playing Mario Kart too aggressively, and she fucking hit a banana peel and spun out. Yeah. Uh, but you instead know, of we, spinning out, she broke her neck and died. You know how when you play, like, like, racing games, or you go bowling, and you, like, lean your body to, you know, with the turns or to make the ball move? That's what she did. Yep. She turned a bit too hard. Turned a bit uh, too hard. Rape, and, yeah, and, and then, then uh, you know the the died. the bone connecting mm-hmm. her uh, brainstem uh, just yep. snapped, and she died. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was supposed to be our fucking crutch. That was supposed to be the emotional center of this show. That yeah, that was she that, was supposed literally... to be like she, she was the pure snowflake that we were supposed to you know find out about that. Yeah. I, I bringing Koito back to life was literally 
the thing that it started did. this entire show. Yeah. And it turns out that it was all just bullshit and didn't matter. And she was just yeah. a bitch. <laughs> also, do you guys like uh, Parallel Dimensions? Yeah, Parallel par- uh, parallel Worlds, Worlds, Alternate Universes, um, cop- Copies. Uh, uh, <laughs> because it turns out that if you save the person who committed suicide... You actually don't save that individual. Instead, yeah, they're, they're just dead. They're just dead. They're gone. They're dead forever. That's that's. Listen, man. Suicide. You're dead. Okay. Turns instead, out you just bring over a, a alternate version of that and, person from a parallel world who which, doesn't which, know the person that begs, saved them. Yeah. Okay. And that begs the question, though. Wh- in that parallel world, does that Koito commit suicide, or is she just poofed out of existence? Yeah, it, it, is. It, are they just ripping that person out from a literally just like rip open the dimensional fabric and just yeet them out of their own fucking dimension? Just like, just, just like grab her by like the scruff of the neck, like a cat, and just fucking whip her into our dimension. Um, uh, this special sucked. It sucks, and it, it was worse. Okay, so it's bad. We can all agree that it's bad and it's messy. But the worst thing I can say about this special is that it genuinely doesn't need to exist. Because I could I could have stopped at episode twelve and been like, "That's a ten out of ten show." Yes. Instead, we had to ruin that because (laughs) the show ends with all three of them drifting apart. I'd say four, but Nehru just decides to live in the dreamscape. I think, and like, not, and like, go with. The the, the she girl is, she assimilated with the network, dude. Yeah, she yeah. she became one she with became the matrix. The Borg from Star Trek, my dude. Exactly, she became, and she literally also, became a fucking. But also, who who cares about Frill or Thanatos or That's, Eros? Okay. I'm gonna I'm because, gonna say because you can you can get some really good theming with that stuff. You know, Th- Thanatos being the Greek god of the dead. You know, a psychopomp that guides the souls. Eros being sexual love, like this lust for somebody. You know, Frill being Frill. Uh, that, it makes it, you could do something with it minus Frill because she just really doesn't do anything except have that one backstory episode. Have that but one backstory episode that's just kind of like horribly out of place with the rest of the show, but it's fine. It doesn't get totally resolved anyway, so it's whatever. Okay. Don't worry about it. But the episode ends with the three of them drifting apart, not really talking to each other, and then saying, See you next time. The end. I, Oto, is back. Teehee. Credits roll. Fuck. I'm I'm gonna say my piece before Matt tears in this because Matt's kind of been kind of getting side-armed here um this special is infuriating for several reasons one because it's a double episode and yet half of that is recap if you had actually made it a full double episode you actually could have had a satisfying conclusion but I digress um second because nothing from the show up until this point that has been established is resolved. There's tons of loose threads and plot holes and just shit doesn't get explained. It's just open-ended, up to your interpretation. We're not answering it. You do our job for us. But then it also goes out of its way to introduce new things that haven't been mentioned up to this point, right at the very end, and just expects you to roll with the punches. It's like, oh yeah, uh, Nehru is an AI. She was never a human to begin with. Um, 
there's parallel worlds and it turns out the people that you were fighting so hard to bring back are just dead forever and the people you do bring back are alternate versions of them that just don't know who you are so your entire journey up until this point has been fucking pointless which could be an interesting uh thematic point if they you know explored it but instead they wanted to uh, chop together a half-assed uh overly rushed uh finale that doesn't answer anything raises more questions than it does answers and is just completely pointless in retrospect. It's... I'm so mad. <laughs> I was... I always... I keep going back to one question here with this finale. And I'm trying to... I've been trying to answer and I can't find an answer. And I think that's part of the issue. I keep going back to... What was this show trying to do? What was it about? What was the theme? What was this show trying to say? What was it trying to say? I don't fucking know, honestly. And after that, I, I don't know. I don't know what this show's angle is. I don't know what it was trying to do. And that, to me, is the biggest failure of this. Is because it fails to resolve any themes, ideas, or just fucking interesting fucking content that it had prior to this and just decide and kind of throws it aside in favor of a bunch of random shit that doesn't matter uh the worst part of this is is that this is the this is the finale we got this this was finished five hours before it aired the finale like the production on this show was so bad that it was like the production the production on this show was so bad they literally had to that recap episode we got in the original series in the original run was due to the fact that the production just stalled and they had two months they had two months to work on the hour long hour long special and it was going to be an hour the only reason it's half as long as it should be is because they couldn't get it done in time. Which begs the question why it got delayed as long as it did anyway, if they just weren't working on it. It's 100% Cloverworks. And that's another thing about this special. This special reeks of a lot of studio meddling. Uh, There's a lot... I can... As someone who's in the film industry has watched numerous films, I can smell studio meddling from like a mile away. I can tell when something's been fucked with. Yeah. This has reeks of it. This reeks of it. This reeks of this reeks of just someone at the higher ups or someone screwed someone over and fucked with fucked with the original version of this. Something something smells fishy about this. And I would not be shocked if Cloverworks turned out to be responsible for a lot of the issues that went on behind the scenes here. They also did Promise Neverland last season. Um, which, which, uh, Promise Neverland. And Hormia also had a really garbage production as well behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. That was very rushed and skipped a lot of stuff. Uh, skipped, uh, skipped a lot. Hormia turned out a lot better than those other two. Thank God. Thankfully. Um, <laughs> Thank, thankfully, uh, but uh, it's 
I Cloverworks is slowly shitting away all its goodwill. Not gonna lie. Uh it's slowly shitting away a lot of its goodwill, and I don't and I'm pretty much like not gonna trust them again. I can't trust them anymore. Uh, especially since they were also responsible for the problems with Darling and the Franks all the way back a couple of years ago. Yep, they were meddling with uh, that too. Yeah, they were meddling with that too. So I think that like I don't know. I it's just, it's like I it reached the problems, and also I and also the writer on on very priority I think also needs to take a lot of the blame here because it's so clear to <laughs> me that to I think kindly he just, leave. He needs to kindly um stop. <laughs> just, <laughs> Just get out. <laughs> Kindly retire, bitch. <laughs> Just uh, get out of here. Here, so allow me to a hundred percent give you the reason why over half this show is recap. You are a uh, you are a um, a production design. No, not production. Uh, but you you you're part of the production committee over at Cloverworks, and some and. I burst down the door and I go, guys, guys, guys. We're going to make that last episode, okay? We're going to make the last episode of Wonder Egg Priority. However, it's been two months. What if the people who haven't watched it, you know, what if they want to watch the special? I have an idea, okay? I I have an idea f for, for you two, so just hear me out. What if we recap the whole show in the first half of the sh half of it? That way we can make a double core. We do the first half and just recap the show real quickly. It's been two months. People have probably forgot about the plot. Okay. So, what do you think if I just take twenty five and a half minutes, about 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 half of the time, and I just recap it? Then and then. After that, you guys can do what you want with your little, you know, alternate stuff. But just look. We have to do this. How's it sound? And the fucking people at Cloverworks snorting cocaine are like, yeah, go go right ahead. Go right sounds ahead. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yes, yeah, sounds good. Ship it. You know what? Is the animation done? Well, it's almost done, but there's a couple of cuts that aren't very good. Ship it. Doesn't matter. Fuck it. We'll Ship do it, it. live. Wait, which by the which by the way, the animation isn't terrible here, um, but it's definitely a lesser caliber than there, that. Of the there's show, definitely of the show. a couple noticeable cuts that are like. I think oh. it was put. I think it it was put perfectly for me when I just in all in all caps in our group chat went, "Where's the through line? There's yeah. no through line anymore. There's yeah. no logical progression yeah. because the, the last only... episode." Yeah, the only one I think that comes away from Wonder Egg Priority unscathed is Shin Wakabayashi, uh, the, director? the director of this, yeah. who I wanted, who even in this special, even in this special, is working double time to make sure it's at least enjoyable. Um, and I want him to get like another position because I think he's super talented and I hope that he gets better work. At a different uh, studio he's... with better management, please. <laughs> Yeah, better management because I think he's great. Um, that being said, I don't know if he's going to because I think the problem is is that this finale is such a train wreck that I don't know if if, if I think I don't know if his career is going to go anywhere now, which is a damn shame because I think he's ridiculous. It was crappy. it was a hit piece the whole time. <laughs> fucking, but it was whatever. Not fucking, bad. I'm done talking about this. I'm tired. Forever. Yes, yeah, no, fucking. It, it's. I'm, 
it's so fucking infuriating because it takes everything that was so good about the show up till this point literally says none of that matters uh and just shits all over what was going to be my anime of the year can't say that now so thanks also Cloverworks. wait 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 how the fuck is is how the fuck does an ai have a best friend i mean an ai i mean if the ai has had like you know emotions and stuff it probably does but that also doesn't add up because like the how's long as i supposed to have known Nehru? is the question because like i just must... that just hit me just what the, fu- the her being an ai straight up ruins like the entire it makes story zero sense it would actually make more sense if she was an android because then it would have been like hey they could have known each other for a while she just didn't know that Nehru was an android Beep boop boop beep. Exactly. Her being an AI doesn't make any sense. Somebody was like, "Oh yes, Will Smith." <laughs> okay, Wait. we need to move on. Okay. That was okay. iRobot. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna be <laughs> talking about this all fucking day if we keep going. Yeah, we need to we need to we need to move on. Let's move on to guilty pleasures. What was our guilty pleasure? Nagatoro. Nagas, really? Let me justify this. Because because Nagatoro, is, I because Nagatoro was not a guilty pleasure for me. I actually I really love Nagatoro. This like, is unironically. This is not me claiming that Nagatoro is bad. Quite the contrary, Nagatoro is in fact quite a high quality show that I really enjoyed. I'm putting it as guilty pleasure because it's the only show out of what I was watching during the season that sort of fits that category. Because mm-hmm. the show horny. <laughs> the show's very horny um and considering shane's considering the comments that shane made during the airing of the show he was too so that wasn't it it did in fact uh, awaken the beast within it it showcased what kind of woman shane is absolutely And, and you know what regardless of how good a show is if it's a show where you're sitting there watching it and you think to yourself probably shouldn't be watching this in front of other people guilty pleasure there you go <laughs> you know what you know, fair that's fair he has a point that was killing bites but as i said this show is and i quote detrimentally horny <laughs> it is catastrophically down bad yes uh, uh Spencer, what was your guilty pleasure oh it's a hundred percent fairy ronmaru dude I don't even. <laughs> I, don't, I still don't even yo, know what the fuck this yo, show is. Yo, this show was fucking bonkers. It went full gay. I know that it did. Oh, uh, it went full gay. This <laughs> show went. This show, like, yo, we gay, son. We we finna be super gay, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. No, it gay. There'd be like men kissing men. There'd be like like men attracted to men. They're just, 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 this is gay. And I still have no fucking clue what the entire point of this show was. All I know is that I watched it for 13 weeks and went. That was yeah. rad. And then that, that was rad. And then <laughs> it ended. And I'm like, that was rad. <laughs> I never want to watch. That's, I, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah. Uh, don't think I want to watch it again, but it was really rad. All right. Uh, my guilty pleasure of the season is Yasuke. Um, Wait, what? Yasuke. And let me explain this for a sec. So Yasuke turned out to be not as good as I was hoping it would be. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, no, that being said, 
Not bad. It is definitely a good. I enjoyed my time with it. I definitely. It's get. It got poo pooed a lot by a lot of people. But I also don't think it's necessarily just because it was like a bad show or whatever. I think there was all. It's a show with a black guy in it. You can kind of tell where a lot of the uh, the uh, anger came from. Uh, of course. Uh. uh, uh and and but it but yes it was not as good as I was hoping I was hoping for because it's only six episodes long it kind of rushes through some plot points um it wasn't as like it was it like it the character the characters weren't as interesting as I hoped uh it just like it felt it was very more one note than I wanted like a a show about Yasuke to be but it's guilty pleasure because I can't hate a show. That involves a cool samurai fighting aliens and robots. I'm sorry. That shit's cool to me. And the action is great. It's a great... It is 100% one of the best turn-your-brain-off shows of the year. If you want a show that for, like, six episodes... So basically, like... Out to, like, two hours. For, like, two hours. Turn your brain off and just go... I want to see a cool samurai voiced by Lakeith Stanfield kill a bunch of robots and people and aliens. Go ham. And it's amazing. <laughs> so definitely it's worth watching just for that reason alone. And also Lakeith Stanfield fucking rules in the role uh, as per expected, because, you know, it's Lakeith Stanfield um, mm-hmm. and the man can do no wrong. Man just got nominated for an Oscar for Christ's sakes. So uh, definitely. So in that case, now let's talk about our best and worsts of the season. I'm curious to see what worst the season is going to be uh, for some of y'all. Shane, do you have a worst of the season? I do. I do, Matt. Oh, what's your worst of the season? It's a show that uh, we've already talked about up until this point. That was I was quite looking forward to, despite my better judgment. So my worst of the season is The World Ends With You. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> I should have... You know what? Like, I should have known better because it's a video game adaptation. They're almost never good. But I had hopes because the PVs looked good. They nailed the art style. They could do a lot with the amount of time they gave themselves. But then it just turned out to be, you know, standard video game adaptation, super rushed, poorly animated, doesn't give itself enough time to really delve into what made the game work. It, it's just, it's just mm. bad. It's just bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, Spencer, what was your worst of the season? I had two. That I, I think I know from. what it is because... It, Wait, it was if either... you say anything other than Osamek, I will kill you. <laughs> it was either going to be Osamek, or it was going to be Cestus. If you Cestus, give it to anything Cestus, other than Osamek, you are lying to yourself, buddy. Cestus, Cestus looked bad, okay? It didn't look right. But it had some pretty cool action beats. Osamek just fucking sucks, dude. There you go. <laughs> it just sucks from beginning to end. So... As if you've been following the podcast, you would know I've got I've given brief updates on the story of Osamek for you, the fans, so you don't have to watch it. 
Shane and Matt and Adam and everybody else have been getting weekly updates on the episodes on our Discord server because I just need to talk about it. So, what what is the plot of Osamake? There is no that's plot. A, that's a very good question. The plot is Japan has a thing for romantic comedies, and I and I put heavy air quotes around both romantic and comedy. Um, they have a thing for their romantic comedies being about a shy kind of sarcastic guy who you know just just doesn't doesn't get women and women topple themselves to go over the guy who as our good friend adam once said is a freak the mc of this show is the most milk toast bland boring dumb n- horrible character i've ever witnessed in a romantic comedy so the main so you know how the main character's mother dies, right? I told you that how she gets hit by a, a truck. Turns out she didn't get hit by a truck. The truck stopped, but she fucking WWE style the rock getting stone cold stunnered. She oversold it and smacked her head off the ground and killed herself. Perfect. Flawless execution. What kind of shit? Wait, huh? Flawless yeah. execution. Yeah. So, 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 turns out that the truck stopped, like, properly. Like, the stunt driver did the proper stunt. But in order to appear more, like, realistic, his mother, like, 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 flew back and, like, overacted, and she smacked her head off of the pavement and killed herself. You love to see She it. gave herself a major concussion and internal bleeding on the brain and killed herself because she overacted. I love it. 10 out of 10 writing. 10 out of 10 writing. There's that. There's the fact that, once again, the Japanese little sister trope comes in, except it's little sister, kiss me on the lips, we're gonna get married, big brother. Uh, I love you. uh, Go Listen, away. <laughs> you can be in love with somebody. You can consider them a big brother. You cannot have it both ways. So if you're going to be like, LOL, you should kiss somebody on their boo-boos. Here, give me a kiss on the lips, One-chan. And I'm like, no, you don't get to use big brother when you're talking about being kissed on the lips. That's not a fucking thing. That's not cool. Okay. It's weird. Get it out. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) And I don't like it. And Dogakobo does this with so many of their fucking shows. Where there's just... Sometimes it's an actual sister. (laughs) Like fucking Engaged to the Unidentified. I really like that show, but that's creepy when the older sister fucking is on the... The younger one, and it's just like fucking groping her and shit. That's not funny. That's not funny, guys. Yeah, that's not. That's, that's not, not funny. I can't. I I agree with you there. That's not funny. Yeah, it's it's like, weird. It's it's, eh, it's like it... anything like that is not funny. It's and I know humor is subjective and comedy is subjective, and I get that. But I had the same issue with a couple of jokes in Nagatoro, where they're just too, like, sexually charged, but in a bad way. Like, At least like, Nagatoro has likable characters. And exactly. Actually, you know... No, none of these characters are likable. 
And in order to win, because as we all know, Osamake, the romantic comedy where the childhood friend can't possibly lose, in order to not possibly lose, she invents a term called childhood girl girlfriend, which is a childhood friend that you are that you love, but you you're still going to keep your options open. And if something happens later on, then you know you guys can then officially start dating. But until then, it's just a saying. It's just a thing. You guys are together, but you're not. That's. That's the, the last episode. That's what our, our main female lead comes up with. And, and now you need never need to watch it again. Oh, I do, because this is going to get a second season, because I'm pretty sure people are going to fucking love this shit. It's uh, bad. Okay, this show, this show sucks dick. At, you know what? I can't even say it sucks dick at sucking dick, because that is an insult to adult entertainers, both male, female, or other, that give their fucking lifeblood sucking dick. So I cannot insult adult entertainers like that, because they have a job. This is so bad, it's like fucking... It's like messing up a knock-knock joke by going, who's there, knock-knock. You got the right concept, but it's so bass-ackwards that you don't fucking understand that a show has to have comedy and likable characters in order for the romance to feel real. This doesn't feel real. It feels like a Hallmark movie that somebody played in reverse and then through Google Translate. This show sucks so fucking much that I could not believe that a company that I loved every single one of their shows last season made this absolute dumpster fire. Do not watch this show. Do not support this show. And for the love of Jesus Christ, Dogakobo, get your shit together. Wow. Alrighty then. Alright, um... I don't it's know so if my bad. worst is going to be as passionate as that. Okay, so my worst, I watched two episodes of this and noped out. Uh, I'll probably finish it before the end of the year just to like say I finished it. Uh, but my worst of the season is Record of Ragnarok. Um, oh God, no! <laughs> Record of Ragnarok. Also one I've of the most. Seen, also I've one of the biggest clips. disappointments of the season too. Um, I'd argue. Um, uh, just uh, imagine taking one of the best and most widely regarded uh, tournament manga going on right now and adapting it in such a way where it looks like dog piss um does okay, in cg so, as well so you've seen oh, it Christ. does it look like a powerpoint like it's powerpoint with garbage cg as well oh fucking christ it looks yeah. awful at least at least way of the house husband i've kind of turned around a bit uh uh, uh, turn around a bit where the PowerPoint, where like, yeah, it's garbage. It, the animation is garbage, but at the very least, it's still funny. So like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. This is like, it's an action show where there's no action, and it's like, you had one. You literally had one job. <laughs> you had one job. Imagine an action show where all the action is bad. Like what? Like what? Don't you love to see it? And it's directed, and I'm. This is directed by the same guy. That I believe this is directed by the same guy who did the fucking recent Berserk show. Oh, the twenty six. I, I think so. You keep um, talking. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. 
Um, I'm looking it up right now because I need to make sure. No, it is not. Oh. I'm wrong. Never mind. Okay, Matt's just wrong. Don't worry about it. Never, never mind. Never mind. Uh, he did the uh, he did the spider isekai that's airing, which also fell flat on its face too. So that's I, another yes, show. I, I've heard. I heard. I heard that that not is. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's it's never been terrible, but animation wise, it's completely just nosedived. Um. Uh, but in any case, like. Record Ragnarok Rock is the worst show I've seen. I saw this season, which is a damn fucking shame considering the manga. The manga got licensed though. It's visual have it, uh, which is nice. Um, which means that we can actually start reading it, and I'm really excited to start reading it because I've heard it's excellent. Are they putting um, it up on the Shonen Jump app? Uh, I believe so, and they're gonna release it on um, on physical as well. Nice. So physical. So um, definitely gonna definitely gonna check it out um, because I've been wanting to for a while. Now let's go to best of the season. There was a lot of contenders here, but a lot of contenders here. Uh, like for, for like Tokyo Revengers was great. Fifi, To Your Eternity, Dinazanon, um, eighty six, even Shonen my hero, Shantai, even dude. my hero this season was really great. Mm-hmm. But there was only one, and I think we all have the same one. Move over, uh, cowards! Fucking make way, idiots! Wonder egg priority, more like one blunder egg priority. You know what I'm saying? Once, <laughs> Friendship once, ended. Odd taxi is my new best friend. Odd taxi. Odd I'm gonna taxi. say, I'm gonna say it is a two way tie. No, a th- I'm gonna break. I'm, I'm gonna bend the rules a bit because I, odd taxi is one of them. By the way, so don't do not worry. However, tied with Odd Taxi for me is um, Pretty Boys Detective Club uh, because it, it now makes me want to watch literally anything that Shaft makes because yeah. that Pretty Boys Detective Club is fucking fantastic. If incredible. If, if anyone um, has not seen it, it is it is one of the most underwatched shows of the season. Nobody's talking about it. No one saw it, and it's a damn shame because it's fucking phenomenal. So. Mm-hmm. And the other one is SSSSSSS Dinazanon. Yeah. Because. would have been my. If it wasn't for Odd Taxi, I think Dinazanon would have been my pick as well, to be honest. Rigor, my friends, give this individual, this director, I don't have his name up up on hand, but this. Akira Yamiya. Akira Yamiya, thank you. Is a genius. And Dinazanon is somehow better than Gridman in some aspects. It doesn't live up in others. However, this man is so fucking good at juggling this serious character drama mixed with this wacky, dumb bullshit about super fighting robots. And what can I say? The show was gorgeous to look at. The kaiju and the animation on everything still looked great. I thought that the different dinazanon forms were awesome and i would totally buy them as toys if i was a kid if i'm an adult hell actually the grid man felt natural and actually yep. advanced the story of dinazanon they weren't just fan service they were actually there for yeah, a reason for a reason like there there was a grid knight there as well and the ending was really good i don't think it was as good as Dynam- it wasn't as, the as bombshell a, that was the that end was of Gridman, Gridman, but I love yeah. the ending because it was a different kind of bombshell, and I think yeah. that's why it worked. And, uh, as always, uh, fucking Shiro Sagasu, dude. Uh, the- King. King shit, but 
the third and most popular one is, of course, the brilliance that was Odd Taxi. Odd Let's Taxi is my new best Taxi. friend. So Odd Taxi you, is Matt. Yeah. I just I just look it up. This this writer is the only thing he's done. Yep, this is a debut. What a fucking what a, debut. What a debut. Holy shit, this fucking anime. Yeah, it's... Odd Taxi. Okay, so I, I totally expect Odd Taxi within, like, the next decade to be seen as, like, a modern classic. Or, like, have, like, a massive cult following. Like, I totally expect it to. Because this thing... This thing is so good. It's so good. The writing is incredible. The fucking just just the fact that everything lines up so well. There's not a single wasted second in the show. And every the mystery is really well constructed too. Like mm -hmm. it's all there if you pick the pieces. It's all there. It's super well constructed and then the ending happens and mwah. Oh, oh. that ending that final episode uh which shane has been raving about in our discord for like a couple of days uh because it's deserving of that it's so good shane fuck odd taxi no joke is probably my new anime of the year as of now like, get that Wonder Egg shit out of here. That special literally ruined any good faith I had in that show. Odd Taxi, though, is the exact opposite. Like Matt said, there is not a single wasted second in this entire show. It is 13 episodes, and it is so tightly packed. Everything that they introduce makes sense, it's all coherent, and it all matters every little thing they introduce whether it be a character a plot point a setting everything matters to the progression of the plot and by the end of the show everything is wrapped up in a nice neat little bow which if if wonder egg wasted its finale uh to answer nothing odd taxi answered everything it literally answered every single question. Everything's crystal clear by the end. But then they throw that they throw that one last fucking twist right at the end. They just fucking they twist the knife in your side. It's like it fucking it opened my third eye. Like I can see God now. It's just, it's such an incredible show in every single aspect. The only thing I can say that's like lackluster is the animation, but honestly it doesn't need it. It, it doesn't it, matter. It, the it animation does what it, it yeah. does what it needs to do. And the art style saves the saves the lack art of style's great. I think it's an example of like it's like the animation does what it needs to do. And honestly, Odd Taxi is what I'm going to point to now as a as an example of you don't need like Sakuga filled animation to make a great mm -hmm. show. Uh, Odd, Odd Taxi is the perfect example of limited animation done right. Yeah, because and it I, it it does everything it needs to. It never goes overboard with it because it doesn't have to. It's a it's fucking dialogue show, anyways. It's <laughs> it's a it's more it's a fucking mystery show. It's loaded with dialogue. It's like ninety percent characters talking to each other. You don't need a fucking Kyo Annie budget. Like, 
Yeah, no, like and you, like you I've, don't. It's from OL. It's from OLM, and OLM isn't a isn't a studio known for its like high quality animation. And but they do say, such. A... I I would just say yeah, OL, OLM Oriental Light Magic. Um, in my opinion, is probably one of the most consistent animation studios. Like they're not they put out good shit. Like they do they put out good shit, and it's and I don't mean like because I don't necessarily mean consistent on like a quality level but on like animation they're very consistent they're not breaking the bank they're not bad either mm-hmm. and they were the and uh fucking they were also the people uh behind berserk so the original berserk adaptation all the way back in the 90s aka the best one uh yeah and it's okay yeah and so yeah like it's odd taxi i loved odd taxi it does it's deserving of every single award it's so good like i absolutely loved it like i'm thinking in retrospect i think like odd taxi is now in the running for like four maybe five of my year-end awards now but by the end of that season oh absolutely absolutely good absolutely obviously we still got summer and fall to come uh and fall and uh and summer and fall to come so we'll see but right now, Odd Taxi is definitely going to be the end of awards. Expect to see it in at least. Odd Taxi uh, currently has an eight point six three on Mal. Well, my favorite deserved. My favorite thing about it is that is that uh, is that fucking like everyone's talking about it. I, I expect Odd Taxi to like be one of those cult classics within the next couple of years. It's going to be one of those shows that everyone is like that. Not a lot of people have seen, but everyone who's seen it is like loves it. Watch, loves and watches. I watch on a taxi. Um, but yeah, um, so we're finally through this. We're finally through year end awards. That took a longer than I expected it would. But we spent that's a lot because of time we on ranted Wonder- about Wonder Egg for like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah true that. Uh, so uh, we'll go. Th- uh, we'll save all discussion for uh, the new season next time because. Only like a couple of shows. It's only like one or two shows have started up, anyways. So like we'll save discussion about the summer season till next time, and we'll move on to simul pubs um, because I want to talk about One Piece. Um, so yeah, uh, um, chapter one. one Piece, am I right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, once again, uh, One Piece crazy good this week. Uh, uh, one Piece crazy um, good this week. Wild. Um, as per usual. Um, and yeah, um, so the gum gum fruit apparently was wanted by the government, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which and which begs a lot of questions as to yeah. why. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my theories as to why. I don't know if you do. I don't. Um, I I really don't. At least not okay, right now. I have I have my theories. I have my theory. Okay, so we know that the gum if the gum gum fruit is wanted by the government, I think. I think that could be why Shanks is either is wanted by the government so bad. Because, because he stole it. Yeah, because he stole it. And th- th- that also leads to questions like, why does the government want gum gum fruit so bad? Why is that? Why did they have that? And here's my theory. The thing that always really confused me about Luffy's food is that he's technically a par- paramecia, right? Yeah. But he doesn't function like other paramecia fruits. Yeah, it's more so it's more so like a logia fruit than anything. Yeah, but he's not a logia fruit. And parmesia fruit, so the big big thing about a parmesia fruit is that it needs to be activated in order to you need to basically activate the ability in order for it to work in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah. What if 
the the rubber the rubberness that comes from the gum gum fruit isn't actually the main power of the gum gum fruit. And there's something else. What okay, if it has to you, do with the gears? Because you know what? That that, that that makes more sense than I think most people realize. Like, that doesn't sound out of left field because what the fuck? How the fuck can he even do the gears when he's a rubber man? Like, it, how can he do that? Well, he explained it initially in the show. They initially explained it that, like, oh, he's he is because he's made of rubber. What he does is he basically vibrates his like yeah he, he vibrates, vibrates his rubber. rubber to con con constrict and you know contract his blood flow and that's what got gear two and then yeah, big but... hand gear three and then and gear then... four he infuses hockey with it yeah it, but you it, look it, at hockey. gear four and it's like that one's like one of these things is not like the others <laughs> yeah it, it makes a ton it makes a ton of sense and it also explains and which means that luffy's uh, a fruit is also more powerful. And if the government wanted the gum gum fruit, that means they must have known what the gum gum fruit is able to do, which means that someone else had already had the gum gum fruit and had died because the way devil fruits work is yep. that with the person... So, listen to my theory. I think the gum gum fruit was initially eaten by Roger. I think it was Roger's fruit. Roger died, government got a hold of the gum gum fruit, and now Luffy has it. <laughs> it makes sense right i feel like i literally right now i feel i feel like the tim and eric thing where i'm just like i'm traveling through the universe like i can see everything <laughs> it makes a ton of sense right it honestly it's not that far-fetched <laughs> like you're you are right like if the government was after the gum gum fruit and the previous owner had died was presumably a big name. It would make sense if it was Roger. Yeah, and we but don't the... know if Roger had a fruit or not. We don't know. Yeah. The question um, is if it if he did have it. That actually no, that that's not a question because we rarely seen Roger at all. So. We've rarely seen Roger, and we've seen him in, like in the Odin flashback. We saw him fight a bit, but he um, fights with swords and hockey. So he fights a sword of hockey there, which. I'm going. I, I'm going to say that I'm pretty sure that Roger probably had a fruit of some kind. Um, it would make sense uh, if he did. It just is a matter of which one. Yeah. Uh, so I say it could be Gum Gum. If it, that's maybe why he wanted. Then maybe like it's this uh, like super power. Like it Question, makes a ton of sense. Matt. Yes. Do we know if Rocks had a fruit? Rocks? No, we don't. There's there's another possibility. It, there's, yeah, it could also be rocks. It um, could have been rocks. And we don't know too. a lot. We, we we know even less about rocks than we do about Roger. We are going to learn um, more about rocks post Wano in 16 years when that happens. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, um, and I also think, um, and and obviously the rest of the chapter is great too. Jimbei versus Who's Who is started up, mm. and I, ah, Jimbei, my my, my boy. My boy, the myth, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Yeah, uh, the, the last Jinbei. son of the sea. Yeah, I love Jinbei. He's one of my favorites, and I'm so happy. He's finally getting in a fight. He's getting his Ennis lobby moment, as I call mm -hmm. it. Um, and he, this is this is so great. Uh, oh, yeah, this is it was just an incredible chapter. Um, and just an incredible chapter. Um, uh, speaking of really great chapters, my hero. 
Dun, 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 dun. Uh, he, uh, he's just dun, overtaken. Dun. Don't worry about him. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. I, I thought uh, my hero, my hero, also had an equally as really fucking great chapter. Spencer, are you uh, caught up? I'm reading it right now. Ah, uh, okay. okay, because it's all. I'm gonna keep it vague then. Uh, my hero is my hero, crazy good this week. Crazy uh, good, MHA, crazy good this week. Who would have thought? And who would have thought? thought? My hero, Macadamia. Just fantastic. The artwork, the artwork here, especially, is so good. Uh, Honestly. The art since this whole Vigilante's arc has started has been top notch. Yeah. Just everything with deck everything Horikoshi is doing with Deku's suit design wise is just mwah, mwah. It's, Oh, it's incredible. Someone said it, it reminds me because obviously Horikoshi's a big Marvel guy. Um and Deku is basically inspired by Spider Man in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think that this is his version of the Venom symbiote yep. story. This, this is this is his black suit. This is this is absolutely he's taking inspiration from the black suit storyline. Um, which you know what, which makes a ton of sense. Like, uh, like it makes a ton of sense, and I love that angle. Um, I love him doing that because it's it could, love him doing that. And plus, this chapter did a lot and did a lot to kind of want it went where i wanted it to go where we kind of see stain's ideology become reality mm-hmm. in a way because like the first hero we see in the series what's his name death grip i think is his name or whatever the death fuck? grip oh yeah, yeah. Death grip. He, he just the, said lol bye bitch yeah he's the first hero we ever see by the way in the manga in the show yep uh, like, very first one all. he's the very first one and he's also the first one we see quit because of the pressure on it and i think that's a really i think that's fascinating i think that's a really great storytelling on the part of horikoshi because you really get to see just how fake a lot of the hero society is there you get to see how fake it is and how like it's like wow stain was fucking right like stain's absolutely right like i mean yeah he was a hundred percent yeah and and it's a case and, and and but you, but it's also really it's interesting too because you also get to see like which heroes are the ones who actually give a shit and are the ones who are actually good. Turns out Mount Lady is actually one who gives a shit, which is also surprising, and I yeah. like that. Especially since um, she was introduced as one of the fake heroes who was just doing it for the yeah. fame and the glory. Yeah, the fame and the glory. Turns out, hanging around Kamui Woods and getting that Kamui dick, apparently. Yeah, getting uh, that hardwood, know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Fucking helped. Um, and she's great. Uh, she's great. Like, subtle, like, one of the, like, one of the, like, dark horse character developments of the series to me, actually. Um, and, and you also get just fantastic, like, Deku, just, like, some, like, Deku needs therapy, uh, De- Dago needs to see a specialist. He needs to see someone. And of course, the most recent Yo! chapter ends. There it is. I think you got to the end of the chapter. There it is. Yeah. That's my boy. Blasty boy's back. Yes, he is. Fucking fucking explosion boom man. Dynamite. He is there. He is. It took him fucking long enough to bring. Uh, 1A back into the mix. 1A back, yeah. yeah and, but no, oh, 2A now. 2A now, sorry. It's their second True. year. Their second year's now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. D- also, <laughs> Deku is a high school dropout, so we can't say the same for him. Yeah, and also, uh, Bakugo, what's interesting is that he didn't call 
him a nerd this time. Nerds this time. He called he he uh his language is much toned down. Are we seeing character development? Is Bakugo like not as angry anymore? Bakugo seems a lot more tame, and it seems like he's a lot more willing to cooperate because clearly, I feel like, I feel like the events of the war arc have really sh- shook him. Probably, I yeah. would imagine because at Especially the end of that chapter, the last panel is him talking to someone on the phone, presumably someone from One A or all of them. So he, know, he's work. He was working with them to track Deku down. I would imagine it's probably the one probably search the one probably heading the investor the heading the search is probably either Ida Toroki or Uraraka. It's one of the three. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. I'm, le- I'm guessing Ida. I'm gonna guess Ida too. Yeah, it, it yeah, makes most, it makes the most sense. Yeah, Ida because Ida's the class rep. That or Momo. Momo also makes sense here too. If yeah. we're going by class rep, um, I can see it being. I can I can also see it being Uraraka though. Um, yeah, that would make uh, sense from like an emotional standpoint. Yeah, I can definitely I can definitely see like a, like a couple of candidates there. Uh, but like, uh, or or maybe it's like, or maybe it's like Aizawa. Aizawa's <laughs> like, we need to get this fucking punk back here. <laughs> that, which is a very Aizawa. That's a very Aizawa thing to do. So he'll just show up I, in his he'll just show up in his sleeping bag with one leg, and he'll be like, "You think you could just run away?" <laughs> <laughs> not on my watch, you, bitch. No one, no, yeah, no one leaves my class unless I expel them, and you're not expelled, asshole. You're not expelled, bitch. Izuku Midoriya, you have 14 incomplete assignments. <laughs> if you do not get them in by the end of the week, I cannot give you partial marks, sir. That's such an Aizawa thing. He just he just uh, shows up in a sleeping bag and he pulls out his fucking student file from UA. And he's like, "Look at all of these demerits that you got. What are you gonna do this. to fix this? What? What? You think you're some kind of fancy pants? You think you're some kind of big hero man? Oh, Sir, you, you think, are a second you year high school you... student. You will be in my class at eight thirty in the morning, Monday to Thursday. Of course, Friday's the holiday. Um, yeah." And you, you you think just because you're the fucking former number one hero secret son that you get fucking exemptions? Bitch, you will get exempted when I say you're exempted, which is never. Get back to class, young man. You get will class. You will get this you, you will get this exam prep when you pry it out of my cold dead hands, Izuku. And then, and then he gets, a, a, and, and then Aizawa gets a little too out of line, so he like slaps him with his binding cloth, and he's like, "Yeah." <gasps> and, and Stain shows up, and he's like, <laughs> "And then Stain shows I, up, and he's like, ah, uh, guys, I was right." <laughs> and then Stain shows right. up, and, he, and, and, and he's like, "Guys, I have these bunches of bananas. I'm the mafia of bananas." <laughs> <laughs> the banana mafia. All right. <laughs> Shane, is there any other series you want to talk about? Fuck, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Spencer. You got all these bananas. Eat ass. (laughs) Eat ass. I'm going to go get something to drink. I'll be right back. Yeah, okay. Uh, In the meantime, I only have a couple things in terms of manga I want to talk about because I've been reading. Who would have thought, right? Olden Kong. Yeah, Shane actually can read. Yeah, Golden Kamui, uh, nothing to uh, report there. Manga's still fucking Kino. Um, 
The things I have been reading that I want to talk about briefly is uh, I started reading the FMA manga again because I got a bunch of those full metal editions. Let me tell you, those volumes, mwah, mwah. I have the. I would pick. I would be picking those up if I wasn't for the fact that I already started collecting it in the three and ones. Yeah. Um. So, but anyways, the the quality on the three and ones is also really good. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. Um. Yeah, but, but the, you know. the the full metal ones uh, surprised me with like just how high quality they are. Yes. Question about the full metal: Are they three in ones or are they individuals? That's um, the thing. Um, they're kind of in the middle because they're not one to one each volume. They're like a volume and a half each. That's bizarre. Yeah. So they're like six chapters a piece when the normal volumes are like four. Okay. All right. All right. So that so, okay, that makes sense then. Yeah. So by the end of uh, their releases, there'll probably be around like eighteen of them. Okay. All right. I was wondering because I wasn't sure. Uh, I was like, I I wasn't sure exactly. Uh, but in any case, um, yeah. Um, uh, it's Full Metal Alchemist. So it's Full Metal Alchemist. It's fucking great. Um, what I really want to talk about was the actual Full Metal editions because I think this is the definitive way to read this shit. In terms of print, because holy god, these things are so high quality. They they got like they got the really thick hardcover. They're heavy as shit. <laughs> like you could kill a man with this thing. They are a murder weapon. <laughs> yeah. Um. The pages they're like laminated paper, so they have that glossy uh look to them rather than the more newspaper quality of standard manga volumes so the so the paper is really high quality and because of that because it's laminated the actual inking and lettering of the art is really bold and stands out more which makes the art look more dynamic it it, it, higher contrast it looks really slick in these volumes um which makes me just appreciate the art even more because arakawa's work is uh um but yeah, reading those great as always. Um, the the main one I wanted to talk about, which I read it, uh, I hear no one talking about it. So we're gonna talk about it, and I don't know if you fuckers have even heard of this. Um, but I want to talk about a little manga called Chojin X. What in God's green earth is that? I have never heard of this. So. You're, you're in for a treat, then. Chojin X, for those of you who are unaware, is the newest volume, the newest manga uh, from Sui Ishida. And if you're not familiar with that name, that is the author of Tokyo Ghoul. Shit, his new manga's out? Mm-hmm. Fuck, yes. I've been waiting for that. And only two chapters are out right now. I read both chapters, and <laughs> I have so many feelings because it's one of the most unique things I think I've ever read in my life. Like nothing else feels like this. So let me, let me give you a brief, brief synopsis. So Chojin X is set in a world. It's set in, you know, Japan, of course. Um, but in this world, there are things called Chojin and Chojin are these weird, super-powered humans that have weird abilities. Um, And because of that uh, 
I believe it's called the Yamato Prefecture that is set in. Uh, Chojin are just rampant. So there are dudes with, like, superpowers that are just walking among normal people. But they're considered dangerous because most Chojin use their powers to destroy. And because of that, the actual prefecture... It's funny, one of the panels... It's the spread of the environment of the city. And it's like Yamato Prefecture, a completely ordinary city that is just slightly destroyed. (laughs) So it's like you you see the city and it's like it's a normal ass looking city, but there are just random buildings that have holes in them or are like torn to shit. And it's it's really funny. Um, But what stood out to me the most about this um, story wise is that there's seems to be two leads because the first chapter i can't explain how crazy this shit gets the first chapter uh opens with a man burning a plane full of people to death mm-hmm. so and it only gets crazier from there um but there seem to be two lead characters um one who is this like introverted boy named tokyo who uh hangs around with this kid named ozma who's this like Looks like this, like, nerdy, preppy little weeb, but it turns out he's, like, a fucking judo expert, and he, like, beats the shit out of local criminals. Um, But then one day they uh, come across a punk. Ozma beats up, like, a random street punk, um, who turns out to be a Chojin, and then they get beat up by the Chojin, um, and then they turn into Chojin, and it's fucking crazy. Chojin are weird because there's no one way to define what they are. There are these people that have these weird powers, but like, are they human? Are they not? There's not enough material out there to really explain what they are. And also there's not enough material to explain how one becomes a Chojin. Because so far there's been two methods, apparently, uh, to turn people into Chojin. One is drugs. (laughs) There are just vials, like syringes full of this weird serum goop that people inject into themselves and then they become chojin and they become like random chojin with random powers and then the second way is if someone is exposed enough to a chojin's power to be infected by it and that brings in the supposed second uh lead this little girl named ellie who's like this country bumpkin fucking uh hillbilly ass little girl who is caught up in the plane explosion, uh, the terrorist attack. And turns out she didn't die from being horribly burned by this Chojin's powers. Uh, She was just infected by it. So now she has the same power as the dude who attacked the plane. And then in the second chapter, she's getting chased by the dude who attacked the plane because he's like, no survivors. Um, And then that turns into him... (laughs) recruiting a motorcycle gang of sheepmen and then she gets chased through the city on a tractor by the sheep motorcycle gang i don't know what the fuck this the thing face is. i made when i heard sheep motorcycle gang okay good so it wasn't just me i, I was like like what I was like, like quietly, just like listening and browsing on my phone, and then you said sheep motorcycle, and I like looked up, like inquisitively, like, uh, excuse me, sheep I am motorcycle man. I am, I am scrolling through this chapter to see if I can find the sheep gang so I can show you guys. But like, 
Mong is fucking crazy, dude. It it really does feel like nothing else I've ever read. You know what? Sounds like Shui Yoshida. Yeah. He's always had bizarre premises. For like, I stuff. don't... I haven't read Tokyo Ghoul, so I don't know if Tokyo Ghoul was like this, but... <laughs> Tokyo Ghoul gets pretty wild, dude. Um, um, it gets pretty wild. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Tokyo Ghoul, um, so I'm really excited to read this. I'm definitely gonna read it now, because, like, this sounds yeah. nuts, and well, I am... There's only two, two chapters, so, like... It's recent, yeah, and I'm yeah. really yeah. excited for it, Here, so... Here's the thing, though. Um... I pretty much loved everything about this. I think the premise is really cool. The amount of wacky bullshit that he throws into this is it's nice to see. I, I like that it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, the actual manga itself in terms of art and composition is stellar. Like the art is incredible and the page oh, layouts she, she in particular. Yeah. Mwah. Mwah. Oh, those fucking those layouts. Oh, the paneling. Oh, the spreads. Half of these chapters are spreads, by the way. Uh, yeah, he does the same with Tokyo Ghoul. Tokyo Ghoul is a very uh, spread-heavy, visual-heavy manga. Um, and I love that. And I love that about it. It was like a very visual storytelling heavy, and it used the mm -hmm. medium very well. And his art is always excellent. Um, uh, uh, our, our here is no exception. It's, it's fucking incredible. Uh, the level of detail is insane. The one thing, though that stood out to me the most about this is that this doesn't have a release schedule. Oh, it doesn't? It. Let me put this into perspective. The first chapter came out at the beginning of May, May 10th. Mm -hmm. The second chapter came out this past week. Sounds like to me he's doing it just whenever. That so, makes sense, considering he was burnt out at the end of Tokyo Ghoul Re. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why Re's ending was a little bit rushed and wasn't that great. Was because he was burnt out and had like mental breakdowns and stuff because of the pressure and stuff. So I think he's pulling a Kubo, where what Kubo doesn't put Burn the Witch. And he's going to release it kind of like whenever he feels like it. Mm -hmm. Which is good for him. I want him to be good. Yeah, I want good him for to... him. Yeah, I want him to like, uh, I want him to pace himself and put out the best quality thing he can. And it sounds like he is. And Which so really far, cool. oh, it's it's paying off in spades. Um, so yeah, that was the thing that stood out the most to me is that this just doesn't have a release schedule. It seems like he's going to release new chapters whenever the hell they're done and he's going to take as much time with them as he needs, which is good. And I, I fucking pray to God that more and more manga get lenient release schedules like this. Um, j just for the sake of the, the mangaka, like, don't... Please. <laughs> we all, we've already had enough people die. Um, we've already had enough people die from working themselves to death trying to get this shit done. Um, yeah. But yeah, th that was the thing that stood the most. It's like, oh, okay. There was like a month and a half between... The, the the two chapters and there was like no correlation with like the dates or the the days they were released it's just it's just whenever the hell the chapters are done they're gonna come out which is great um and yeah. seeing as how the first two chapters of this are like nothing but pure quality i am willing to wait as long as it takes for more because i'm really interested to see where this goes just based off of what little we have so far also the chapters are like 80 pages a piece so there's that Mm -hmm. Okay, so if if any of if any of oh that, that's why they take so long. Yeah, 
If any of that convinced you to read this, please do so, because this is one of the most unique, original, and out-there manga I've read in quite some time, and I cannot wait for more. Alright. Alright. Uh, Spencer, is there any ones you want to talk about in particular, or...? Um, there is one that I want to talk about, actually, that uh, nobody's talked about yet. Um, let me get the actual name once I go into Shonen Jump, because I'm, bi- I'm a bit behind on um, some of the other ones. Like, I'm like two or three chapters behind on uh, uh, Mashal, and I'm like two or three chapters behind on Black Clover and all that. So I can't really talk about that. However, there is a relatively new manga that has come out that is called Candy Flurry. Oh, this. I still haven't started reading this. Is it good? It's very good. It's very fun. The first the first panel that you see uh, of like action is basic in the first chapter is about a girl who says that she likes lollipops. And then the next page has her holding a giant lollipop beating up a kaiju man made of donuts perfect i'm down i'm down and that's the first two two pages well three technically um basically it is a world in which people uh that have been known that are known as i believe they're they're known as sweet users um ate something called a toy toy candy and gained the ability to create any kind of sweet but somebody ate one and ha- got the lollipop user and completely decimated Tokyo, as in, like, raised to the ground. Like, I'll take a, a screenshot and I will send it to in the, the uh, chat, but there's nothing left of it. And it's about th- uh, the rest duel, which is, like, a group of people that, um, that are working together to stop the candy users because they're basically seen as like, oh my god, that's incredible. Kaiju. Fuck, sorry, I just saw what Jane put. Um, they're trying to stop candy users from uh, taking over and like being ruthless. But like, this is what one candy user did to the entirety of Tokyo. Just raised it. And it's incredible. It's genuinely incredible it's really well-made art great for fight choreography for being a manga and overall i highly recommend candy fields candy flurry to anybody who's interested in just a good shonen with a unique premise can't wait for it to get canceled prematurely because no one's reading it <laughs> yeah oh dude that, that's my favorite thing about shonen jump is you know when all of my favorite things get canceled after like 16 chapters. Yeah, because it doesn't do well, um, unfortunately. Ghost which... Ghost Rider Paradox is the one that got me. Mm-hmm. Ghost, that, that one end that one ended on its own on the author's volition, though. That was not bad sales. So. Zipman still makes Zipman me was angry. bad sales. <laughs> Zipman makes me angry, okay? Zipman makes me sad. Yeah. Uh I can't I, I get a fucking um at the very least we always have kaiju number eight. Yeah, um, true, which I haven't started which is yet. Doing I heard it's fucking good. gangbusters, so it's is not it going anywhere. Awesome. And Chainsaw Man, when that which, comes back. Well, when part when part two fins at some point. Watch it never happen, it was just one giant troll. <laughs> uh, yeah, I no, mean, it wouldn't surprise me. 
It would also be in character for Chainsaw Man, from what I understand. I would say, given the mangaka, dude, yeah, it's 100%. I I could see Fujimoto pulling that shit. Um, All right. right. And I think we're pretty much done with Simulpubs, which means we can move on to news. Uh, So let's go through uh, this news. Speaking of Dinazanon, because we were talking about it. um, So when Dinazanon wrapped up, it revealed what is coming next for the Gridman universe, so let's read on. The 12th and final broadcast of Superheroes production and Trigger's new SSSS Dinazanon anime project ended on Saturday with a teaser card for the next Gridman universe, and the words Gridman x Dinazanon. Uh, the SSS Gridman anime was the previous anime in the Gridman universe. Does this mean we are getting a Gridman versus Dinazanon uh, uh, series? I don't fucking know, but whatever it means, I'm hype. Time uh, for a full-on crossover. A full-on crossover, which means that we get, you know, which means I want to, I want to see Gridman and Dinazanon combined to become one giant man. And then, Gridazanon. And, 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 I mean, okay, that does kind of Dynaman. happen. Man, like, does Dynaman. kind of happen with with a uh, Super King Kaiser Gridma Grid Dinazanon. And then, and then it like has a cape chain. <laughs> if you haven't seen the ending of of Dinazanon, the the Gridman and Dinazanon combine into like a Super King Kaiser Gridman, and it has a fucking cape that like blows in the wind, and it like there's like English choir singing as it as it becomes like this giant robot and fights and. Th- and then it transforms again with another kaiju that shows up, and then Dinazodon becomes a fucking rocket launcher mm-hmm, that shoots mm-hmm. a big fuck you ball of fire oh, yeah, and just like it. woofs it. And then, oh, dude, it's so good. Uh, what we're saying is, Shane, is that it's Kino. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I expect that. I expect some, that from a some, Gridman some, universe show. Some might say this is Kino, this is Raw, and this is Goaded. Mm-hmm, All three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this this is the best that this is the best series that Trigger's made. I love. I Didn't we say that about been. Gridman? <laughs> yeah, and I'll say it probably about Gridman Cross D- D- Dinazanon because it's gonna be somehow better because this series is just that fucking good. Yeah, it's just it's just really great, and I'm really excited to see what's if it's going to be a show or a movie i'm going to assume a show mm-hmm. um although i wouldn't mind a, like a big budget movie which would be really cool like a big two-hour um, blockbuster movie like a promare yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, that would be awesome uh, yeah. that, that would be great so Ooh, but yeah uh, but yeah that's coming speaking of other things that i uh, speaking of other things getting continuations let's talk about a show that i did not that I never thought in ten thousand years would get another season, which is the which is Saga of Tanya the Evil. Oh, nuts! Uh, a live stream <laughs> special for the Saga of Tanya the Evil television anime announced on Saturday that a production on a second season has been greenlit. The Saga of Tanya the Evil Two, which was what it's officially called, will return with features of returning cast and staff. The special will unveil the preview video and key visual for the next season. So it's the same people that worked on the last season. Um, uh, last season, and so you won't need to worry about any of the staff and production changing. I was a big fan of Saga Tony the Evil. I thought it was pretty damn good, actually. 
Um, I I know Spencer really loves it. Oh, um, I love my revisionist historical fantasies, and this is the most revisionist historical isekai fantasy thing. I love it. I genuinely think it it was incredible, and I never expected a second season. Uh, uh, Shane, have you seen Saga Tiny Evil, right? I've, I've only ever seen bits and pieces. I haven't seen the full season. Mm-hmm. You definitely should. Uh, it's very good. Um, and it's def- But yeah, it's getting the second season. I had no idea it would ever get a second season. I thought it was going to be one of those who got like a season and a movie and that was that. But yeah, no, it's getting another season, which is really nice. And the story will actually continue. Um, and we'll get to see more of it. The mo- and the light novels are still ongoing too, so maybe we'll get more after this. Who knows? Um, uh, uh, hopefully we get more of as well of what the next thing we're going to be talking about, which is Shane. You know, you know, you love Vinland, right? You love Vinland Saga, right? Uh, take me home, <laughs> country roads. Uh. Yeah, but, the, also, the August issue of Kodansha's monthly afternoon magazine revealed on Thursday that Makoto Yukimura's Vinland Saga manga will have an important announcement in the magazine's September issue, which ships on July 26th. The manga will also be featured on the September issue's cover. So, Second season when? Uh, Yukimura did state in November 2019 that he has started drawing the fourth and final arc of the manga. He said the final arc will be more than 50 chapters long, with with, uh, with more than 1,000 pages, and will take several years. So I sincerely doubt it's at the manga's ending. Um, I, I'd say give it like another year or so before that happens. Wait, I think I'm just confused about how September issue is having things come out in July. They combine, uh, when it comes to manga, uh, manga releases like Kodansha and Jump, when they, they uh, do their releases, they, they release them two months before their specific, specific like, dates. Uh, oh, okay. Because they skip a couple, because they combine some months for, like, holidays and stuff. Mm. Uh, just from the way that uh, releases go. It just, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the July 26th. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Vinland Season 2 hopefully and if it does come out that means it will be the farm arc which is great farmland farmland which will be uh 25 which will be 26 episodes of nothing but uh fucking uh thorfinn living on a farm yep um thorfinn living on a farm reflecting his actions that brought him to this point and just having an eternal existential crisis You I still need to finish the, the first season, actually. All you need to know oh, about... Oh, okay, God, need, Spencer. Okay, if anyone hasn't... Okay, so the thing is that the first season... like, like it's the, It will be, the, it will be what's known as the slave arc. Um, if you want to know... Uh, Vinland Saga... Like, like, it, like, some people found that the, that the part of Vinland Saga... Whether, you know, just walking from place to place boring... That's... Imagine, like, that... But for for like forty five chapters, they're just in a fucking farmland, and like it's all character development for forty five chapters. Which, Which you know what? Those people don't deserve rights. You know what? No, that's the best part of Vinland to me. Like the fucking. I did, okay, I did actually find though. I did get quite bored. Be at like one point, I just found it to just be spinning its wheels for a couple of ep- episodes that's for sure to me well, vinland Spencer, saga you don't it. deserve rights i guess well, well to me vinland saga works at its best when it's a 
slow burn character drama. And the farm arc in Vinland Saga is the slow burniest of slow burns. Also, um, joke's on you, Shane. It's no longer Gay Pride Month. I already don't have rights anymore. Oh, shit. Fair enough. Yeah. Fuck the gays. We don't like the gays anymore. We, we, only yeah, we like cannot we can't we support the gays cannot anymore. Stand them. Yeah, we legally cannot support them anymore. It's July yeah. 2nd. I'm, it's July 2nd. But I'm just, I'm just sitting here. I got my I got my bookshelf next to my desk, and I see those five books of Vinland I got. Are you gonna read I'm them? Because <laughs> I've heard them, I've heard I've heard from a lot of people that farmland is the best Vinland ever gets. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because mm. it gets the it get, if Vinland ever get it, it's divisive. There's some people who say it isn't because it's slow, but like to the people who like really love that slow bird character drama and the actual like historical accuracy and the the life of the North of the Nords and the actual like history elements, it's widely regarded as the best. Um, I don't worry, yeah, Thorfinn. I too have I- an internal existential crisis over my purpose my existence (laughs) and honestly my favorite part of vinland is always the slow burn stuff because i find that's where they get a lot of the good character work Um, okay (laughs) i i will say this and i will give credit where credit is due uh as a history major this series is incredibly accurate like (laughs) Like genuinely surprising how historically accurate they are for a, a revenge sh- seinen manga. Like yeah. really, really well done. So Especially since they to, do take some liberties with history in, in a little bit. Of yes, area. they do take some liberties, but for the most part, it's a uh, yeah. It's all for character. It's never for like. It's exactly. it's always for like good reasons. And I love it. Like, Vinland is like, I love it. Um, oh, look. Let's move on to the... Yeah, all right. Time for our, nec- uh, our next... Uh, thing. Let's talk about the MAPPA event, because this Mappa. was the next thing that happened. Uh, MAPPA had a big event, and they had a bunch of stuff they talked about. Uh, we're, not, we're only going to talk about the three big things that they announced there or showed there, uh, because they showed all a bunch. They talked about Zombieland Saga for a bit, but they had nothing to show. They talked about... Attack on Titan, and they had nothing to show. They had a um, fucking. They had a key visual, and that was it. They had a key visual and a director who looked like he was about to die. Um, he had like actual. Ba- he literally had like ba- like dark black bags under his eyes. He looks like he was like. Let him sleep. About- it's like let the and I no, I was everyone no everyone in the comments was like let this man please sleep. No, sleep. listen. No, we need to chain them to their desks so they are productive at all times. Yeah. All right. Uh, but let's talk about the let's talk about the uh, things they announced. The first, like the first one of the first things they announced was Tact OP. It was Tact OP, which is a brand new co-production show between Mappa and Madhouse. Um, so double the overwork. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Animation hey, Studio. Give Give Madhouse credit where credit is due. They are not nearly as bad as Mappa is right now. <laughs> they only have. They they only have three shows this season. Series. Yeah, because yeah, Years. because all their best animators left the company. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
Uh, Animation Studio map have revealed a promotional video during its 10th anniversary live stream event on Sunday for the anime in Bandai Namco Arts and uh, DNA's Tact Op, pronounced Tact Opus, it was Tact Opus project, which depicts music cart girls who battle with classical music. Yeah. Please, like, kick that in. Um, The video reveals the anime titled Tact Opus Destiny will premiere on October 5th on TV Tokyo. Um... Uh, uh, Kyoki, uh, Kyoki Uchimiya stars in the anime as Tact Asahina, uh, Tact Asahina. DNA and Ojihiro, who is the creator of Soccer Wars, is credited with the original work. The director of the show is Yuki Ito, who directed Grand Blue Fantasy the Animation. Remember how mm. that good that looked? Um, and a magical girl, Lyrical Nanaha Vivid, um, uh, who will be directing it both at Mappa and Madhouse. And the writer is, is Kyoko Yoshimura, who was the writer. On God of High School, and oh, uh, so, uh, my name is credited uh, with original character designs, and Reiko Nakasawa, who is the sub character designer on Overlord Season Three, will be adapting the designs, and uh, Yoshihiro Ike, who is the composer for Dororo and Tiger and Bunny, will be composing the music for the show. Uh, for the show, in the story of the anime, one day a black meteorite fell on the world, and the world completely changed. The meteorite produced grotesque monsters called the D2, which started running rampant. D2 quickly, very quickly banned all music, which was the one thing that was able to overcome them. But there were some people who resisted the D2. They are young women who hold the power of music, the music card. These one women hold scores that are able to defeat the monsters. And there are also people who lead these women, the conductor... The anime takes place Fucking in America in the me. year 2047, which has fallen to the ruin thanks to the D2. Tact Conductor is partnered with a music cart named Unme. Tact tunes for music, that, for, for music to be returned to the world, and Unme wishes to destroy the D2. Their aim is to travel to New York. Okay, so... I'm I not have gonna the lie. power of God and music on my side. <laughs> I did not expect this show to sound as dumb as it did. Um... Oh, I 100% <laughs> expected it to sound stupid. But... <laughs> Do you know what I love more than anything is that it's classical music. That means it's not idle shit. It's not what <laughs> listeners was supposed to be. It's it fucking it's classical. It's like classicaloids mixed with Gundam, and that's all I expect. Which no, it's like simple. It, remember Simple Gear? Yeah, it, it's like that was Kino. Um, I mean. it's it should be imagine that, but with classical music. That could be dope. Oh yeah. I was down before I knew he was who was even part of it. I just was like, "Listen, man, you want to give me uh, a classical based whatever? I don't give a shit. I'll take it all. I'll take it all, and I'll run with it." I have the power of God and music on my side. <laughs> what gets me is the fact that the D two that the monsters fucking banned music. That's funny Dude, to me. I don't okay. know how they did that. Imagine if, like, the aliens from Signs just had, like, a big straw and just took all the water on the Earth and just flew away. Like, yeah, this get, is ours now. Get rid of your one... Like, like, imagine if the original Green Lantern just banned the color yellow. Well, just, rip. like, rip. Nobody can wear yellow. That, there you go. That's one of your, like, big things in wood. There you go. Just, just get rid of him. He's still yeah. weak to yellow, dude. I know. But, but now yellow is the color anymore. of fear, so yeah. yeah. He's, he's the yellow power ring. 
he isn't weak to wood though anymore. So that's that's pretty that's that's pretty good. Yeah, because it was stupid. Uh, but in any case, uh, that's happening. Uh, the other yeah. thing that they had, another big thing they announced was that was the follow up to to Mario uh, to Mario Okuda's directorial debut, Makuya. Uh, if you know if you don't know who Mario Okuda is, Mario Okuda's a god. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, most of the uh, time. Most of the time, she's had a couple stinkers, but she's usually really great. Uh, but uh, the Mappa Stage 2021 10th Anniversary Event debuted a teaser trailer on Sunday to announce that Mari Okuda is writing and directing an original anime film called Alice to Therese no Maburoshi Kojo, which is translated to Alice and Therese's Illusory Factory. Okuda describes the first love Fantasia story of youth struggling in an uncertain world and fighting fate with love as the weapon. Tadashi Hiramatsu serving as the assistant director, and Yuriko Ishii, who worked on Persona Trinity Soul, is designing the characters and serving as chief animation director. Uh, Kazuki, Hara, uh, Kazuki Hagishi, who worked on Angel Beats and Piano Force, will be directing the art, and all the above animators were collaborators on Okuda's previous Makuya's, uh, Makuya series. Um, 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 Masaru Yokoyama, uh, who is the composer for Her Blue Sky and Horomiya will be working on the music. MAPPA did say that, however, that the, that, it ha- that they cannot announce the release date, likely because it is not yet ready to release. Um, it is still being worked on. Uh, so, uh, I have not seen Maquia yet, but I've heard it's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the directorial debut of Mari Okuda, and this is his, her follow-up. I'm really excited for this. Um, if you've not seen the trailer, I highly recommend looking at it. It looks gorgeous. Um, and, uh, it's Mario Okuda doing a love story, which always usually turns out really well. Uh, cause she, and it will, will it make me cry? Yes. Yes. Yes, it will. Like, what do you, what do you expect? As um, long as it is more so O'Maidens and less Lost Village. I, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Lost Village. <laughs> we, can just strike, I, we can just strike Lost Record. From the village. Lost record from the village? Lost record. We can read See, even, lost even re- thinking even thinking about it. The, the brain cell died just... when I thought of Lost Village. <laughs> no, 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 you know, you could you will we'll strike Lost Record off the village. Yeah. Got it. So okay, I'm just gonna type that into my okay. Okay and Okay, it's uh, it has been stricken from the village. Thank you. Okay, good. Good. Um but it's the Mappa show, and we were only here for one thing. Let's be honest here. There's only one show we wanted to see, and that's a and that's a show that rhymes with a rainsaw ban. Um Yo, I <laughs> I I agree, Matt. We should bane rainsaw bane rainsaws. Bane rainsaws. <laughs> bane rain. <laughs> we're all we doing bane rainsays. <laughs> Let's talk about Chainsaw Man. Let's talk about Chainsaw Man. Because Animation Studio Mappa revealed its first teaser promotional video for the television anime of Tatsuki Fujimoto's Chainsaw Man manga at its 10th anniversary live stream event on Sunday. The video reveals the main staff, Ryu Nakashima, who is the episode director, who is episode director on both Jujutsu Kaisen and Black Clover. And specifically, uh, he did that episode of Black Clover, which had really cool animation. It was the fight between uh, Demon Asta and the uh, and the uh, and the witch from the Witch's oh, Force arc. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was him. Oh shit! Uh, um, yeah, one, yeah, that fight was dope, right? That was dope. Um, that was a dope. That was really, really well. Like um, it looked really nice. Yeah, he will be making his directorial debut on the series 
at Mappa. And Hiroshi Seko, the writer of Attack on Titan, the final season, and Ajin, and fucking numerous other stuff, uh, will be writing the Everything script. Everything Mob Sugamiya, who worked as the character designer on uh, uh, Jobless Reincarnation, will be designing the characters. And Tatsuya Yoshihira, uh, who was the who was the director of action on Black Clover? Will be directing the action. He also worked on Kaisen. Uh, Makoto, Na- uh, Makoto Nakazono, who was the care, who was the technical director, aka the person in charge of like all the particle effects. He did Dar- He will be. He did Darling in the Franks and Little Witch Academia. Uh, uh, Kyogotaka Oshimiya. Uh, who worked on Devilman Crybaby and Space Dandy is going to be in charge of the devil designs here. Um, AK, they're getting they're getting they're getting the demon guy from Devilman to do you know the demons here. Demons, um, yeah. And uh, Yusuke Takada, uh, uh, Takada, who worked on who worked on Eden the East and Vinland Saga, is directing the art. <gasps> Kensuke Ushio, who did the music for Devilman Crybaby, A Silent Voice, and Liz and the Bluebird, will be composing ah! the music. Fujimoto debuted the manga, so we can still jump in December 2018. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about that trailer because that trailer is one of the best trailers for anything I have ever seen in my life. It trailer is fucking dope. Yeah, it looks incredible. It was- I don't even care if it's just for the trailer. I don't care, yeah, dude. It, is. it looks fucking dope as shit. Yeah, it looks so good. Um, the animation, top tier. If, if uh, that fucking- is any indication of what the show will actually be like we are fucking said boys and the animation top tier the cg top tier power top tier top tier um, it is currently and, by the way it is currently at 6.1 million it is the views. most viewed anime series trailer of all time Man. on youtube Five so, days so ago, many people fucking six... horny yes Chainsaw Man is a horny series. Like that yes, is a... literally, literally, Matt. The Denji's what Denji's one goal at the beginning is he just wants to touch titties. Touch titties. That's all he wants. I want to have lots of sex. Get ass. Okay, touch ass. Lots get ass, of sex. Lots of sex. I'm gonna turn into a Chainsaw Man. And I'm gonna rip and tear, series, boys. The series wraps on itself like Ouroboros eating its tail, in which it becomes detrimentally horny as a joke to being like no being too detrimentally horny is kind of a bad thing don't do it denji don't do don't, it don't happy give it halloween, to your, don't give into your primal temptations happy halloween i yeah um and yeah uh it looks fantastic it, it looks fantastic the staff is stacked uh just that staff st- honestly i'm most excited i'm not even most excited about the fact that there's a lot of the kaisen and black clover and attack on titan and to franks and vinland people working on it which oh my god just the, like the fucking stack list of fucking but also but it's kensuke ushio actually like the fucking, I could not oh, have asked music. for a better yeah, composer. composer. I could not have asked for a better music guy working on this. Devil Man's music is so good. Oh. If you've not listened to it, it um, won uh, soundtrack of the year. And for if me. you're one, and if you're wondering, yes, Kensuke Ushio is the person behind the Liz and the Bluebird piece from the Sound Euphonium stuff. Yeah, uh, that twenty, that twenty-five minute orchestral piece, like fucking orchestral piece, that's him. And God in the flesh. Not, if you have not listened to the whole thing, do it because it is incredible. It is so good, and I cannot wait to see what he does. I expect he'll do something probably more similar to Devil Man. Probably a lot of rock. Probably a, a lot, lot of, of rock. Like, a lot of like techno electronic stuff. 
synth and yeah yeah i would not be shocked because you know chainsaw man is gonna revel in the fact that it's like about Stupid. a man with a chainsaw <laughs> so like it's gonna be dope i also, cannot wait one thing that stood out to me is that i don't even know if there's any fucking cg in this trailer because i it's, can't there tell. is there there is the back a lot of the backgrounds are cg um, the if there's CG any, if there's any character CG, I legit cannot tell. It's the uh, the chainsaws are. I know that for sure. Um, cannot but tell. They look Can't really tell good. the difference. <laughs> yeah, they look really good, which makes me. But Mappa has gotten really good at doing CG stuff, though. Uh, uh, so yeah, experience I can, from Dora Dora on Attack on Titan. For yeah, we'll do. I'm curious to see how they look in the actual show. Um, obviously, because this is all. All these cuts were made for the trailers. This is yeah. not a final representation of the show. Um, but well, and I sincerely doubt that the entire show is going to look like this. No, of course not. No, no show is going to look like this throughout the whole thing, except maybe Mob Psycho. Um, but if this trailer is even, if the show even turns out looking half as good as this trailer, we're fucking set. Yeah. Um, oh no. The only thing that we didn't get from it is no release date, which makes me think that, yeah. Which means it's not coming out this year. It's not. (laughs) Yeah, it's just not... I'm going to guess probably winter. Winter at the um, earliest. Yeah, uh, it's definitely next year, though. Um, it's definitely next year. Anime uh, of the yeah. year 2022? Anime... I don't know. Maybe, actually. It's a good. Con- it's a contender, uh, for sure. Um, next up, uh, our final piece of news is news that came out yesterday. Um, it's about Ava, and Ava has finally has a release date in the West. Uh uh, so and it's on an unexpected source. Uh, so Amazon Prime Video announced on Thursday that it will exclusively stream Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01 Twice Upon a Time, the new version of the final Ava film worldwide on August 13th. The company streamed a trailer. Uh, Evangelion 1 uh, 3.0 plus one uh, plus 1.01. God, I hate that title. That's is a new dumb. is a new. It's Ava. I'll deal with it. Um, like an even is new version of Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 twice upon a time. It began playing in Japan on June 12th for the film's last run. The new version contains minor revisions to some animation sequences, but not change does not change the story. So it's literally just updated animation. The film will stream with dubs in ten languages, including English, French, German, Portuguese, Spanish, and Italian. It will also stream in Japanese with subtitles in 28 languages. In addition, Amazon Prime Video will also stream the first three films. Evangelion 1.0, You Are Not Alone. Evangelion 2.0, You Cannot Advance. And Evangelion 3.0, You Cannot Redo in over 240 countries and territories, including the United States and Canada. Um, So, this all confirms couple of things one funimation did indeed lose the rights to they lost it they fucking lost it they lost it which i which you know that which good and bad news bad news is boo um bad news is bad bad news news. is those blu-rays ain't gonna be getting any cheaper cheaper good news is i own them and now they're collector's items uh and you can sell them for a million (laughs) dollars i can sell them for exorbitant prices which i'm not going to i'm just gonna keep them um, this also confirms another thing is the fact that if it comes out on August 13th and there's already a dub, which means that this has been dubbed already, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which means who's the cast? <laughs> Who is the cast? That's a big question. Who, what cast are they using? Are they using the Netflix cast? Are they using the original Fooney cast? Or I've heard rumblings. Oh, God. <laughs> 
a brand new cast different from both of those. Ah, oh, just fucking stop. Wait, <laughs> just so stick to one, please. Because it is what? Amazon, and I'm ha I'm happy that we're finally gonna get to watch this because this is one of my most anticipated films of the year. It will probably end up in my top ten of the year. More than likely, if it's as good as everyone's saying it is. But god damn it, Amazon does not treat its anime right. And I'm Amazon doesn't. I'm surprised that Netflix didn't pick it up. Since I'm surprised G Kids didn't pick it. I thought yeah, G Kids yeah, was yeah. gonna pick this up. Um, actually, not Netflix. I thought G Kids was gonna pick it up. If G Kids had picked it up, there would have been a Blu-ray, and it probably would have gotten the theatrical release with them. Theatrical release. But the, apparently, the reason why is that they're putting it on Amazon is because they don't know. They, they is that it's because of the pandemic. Um, of but course. like. But, like, there's no excuse. Like, theaters are open in the U.S. again. So, like, and they're making, and movies are making money. So, like, it's not, what? Like, it's it's just, conf it's just a confusing situation. Anno didn't seem happy that they're putting it on Amazon, too, if you've read his press release. Um, he, uh, he mentioned in it, he was talking about, like, oh, he's like, I'm happy Amazon picked it up, but just make sure to watch it on the biggest screen you can, preferably one that looks like a theater. And I'm like, ooh, he had some, okay. he had some choice words for Mr. Yeah, he had some choice Bezos. words, which makes me think, that, which makes me think he, which makes me think this wasn't Kara's decision. I think it may have been Toho's, um, more than likely. Um, was the Funimation dub the same as the ADV dub? Is that what I'm thinking? No, of? Uh, had some of the same actors. It had okay. uh, Sinji, Asuka, and Masato were the same actors. Everyone else was recast. I love the rebuild dubs. I think they're the best dubs that Ava had ever okay. has ever received, so including dubs, ADV, including the original ADV dub, including the manga dub for End of Ava, because that had the same cast but some different changes in different studio and the Netflix new Netflix dubs. It's the best one out of all of them. It is spec fucking tacular um and honestly i just want them back just to just for consistency's sake because it's going to be very bizarre if they dub this <laughs> differently um well, yeah now, that being said the rumor states like this is just rumor so please do not take this with a grain of salt that they redubbed the entire thing um that all four of them have been that all of them have I would, been redubbed i was gonna say if they if the <laughs> If, let me get this right, if 3.0 plus 1.01, God, mm -hmm. does have a new cast for the dub, and then they were just mm -hmm. slapping the rest of them on there with the Funimation dub, it's like, what? It's like, huh? That would be, that would be bizarre. It also, I, and the film, and, so, but like, but the best thing about this is that it's all in one place now. Yeah. And Chain can finally watch them. Yeah. Um, There's no excuse anymore. Um, I would say when you want to watch the next, the final one, you have to put a schedule out for it because it's three hours. Mm. Um, so it is not, it's not the, the final, one, it's not a short film. <laughs> it's pretty long. Um, so, but I'm definitely going to be watching it and I'm really excited for it. And now we are done with the news. So we can finally get to our featured anime of the podcast. Um, uh, and finally get our to our featured anime of the podcast, which is Yuri. On Ice, uh, written, directed by Sayo Yama, uh, Yamamoto, and written, and, and and who also was the writer on it, so directed, written by Sayo Yamamoto from Studio Mappa, uh, aired originally from October sixth, twenty sixteen to December twenty first, twenty sixteen. It aired for twelve episodes, um, and is currently licensed by Funimation. You can watch it over on Funimation and on Crunchyroll. Um, mm -hmm. It's on both. Um, 
and in, and I'm pretty sure the dub is on Funimation. So sub on Crunchyroll, dub on Funimation. Yeah, you can go watch it there. Uh, watch it there. Yuri and Ice, uh, Yuri and Ice follows a 23 year old Japanese freak stated by the name of Yuri Katsuki, uh, who who loves the sport but loses in the but in the Grand Prix final loses and has a crushing defeat and pretty much loses his initial feelings about skating and put and his career gets put on a hold um puts his career on hold a couple uh, some time passes some time passes and eventually um no uh uh when he visits his childhood friend lo noted it you know, you know meets up with eventually learns to meet and meets up with his, one of his idols which is the russian figure skate champion known as victor Nikodov, I'm pretty sure is his name. I don't want to butcher that. Yes. Nikodov. Um, and no, and he offers and he comes to Kyushu and offers to coach Yuri and kind of revive his skating career, uh, which then also puts him into conflict with a with a rising pro uh, prodigy skater, also known, also named Yuri, but Yuri Pletsky, who is uh, the, uh, who uh, who had a made a promise with Victor. Back in the day, and wants him to keep it. We don't know exactly what the promise is. Yuri on Ice is one of the, Yuri on Ice is one of these most popular shows released in the past decade, um, and it made a lot of ways for a lot of, for in a lot of ways for a lot of different reasons. And it is a show that is near and dear to my heart. I really love this one, and it is a fantastic series. Shane, what did you think of Yuri on Ice on this rewatch? Because you've seen it before. I had uh, seen it before. You, you watched I, I watched it randomly uh, one day a few years ago and loved it. On rewatch, nothing's changed. Yuri on Ice is an incredible show. And anyone who hates it for no justifiable reason just because it dominated the Crunchyroll Anime Awards, get over Hi, it. Like, Hi, get, Josh. Josh, get over it. <laughs> I feel... Like, it deserved every single ounce of praise it got. Because not only is it a fantastic-looking show with some of the most impressive technical animation I've seen in quite some time, I think the actual story, the message behind the show, is great as well. It's a show about people who are passionate about what they do coming to a head. And different ideologies and different viewpoints start to clash, and you start to see... What figure skating means to all these different people. Is it about fame? Is it about money? Is it about pursuing a dream? Or is it about just trying to be the best? And you get all these different mentalities throughout the show. And it becomes a really great uh, character piece for ju just figure skaters in general. And... It's gay as shit, and I it's love it. So, it's so oh. fucking gay. And I'm not even just saying that because me like gay. I'm saying that because as a representation of homosexual relationships, it is spot on. Like, this is it's so good. Genuine like, LGBTQ representation. And it, it does not falter. Sure, there's some 
quote-unquote queerbaiting in there or some quote-unquote censorship because they didn't show the one kiss but it's like whatever you know they fuck they didn't you know they're fucking behind closed doors like come on like come on like listen you do not do couples ice dancing without fucking like that's Mm -hmm. yeah it's just not it's not gonna happen this is like those two are just like interlinked peanut butter and jelly skating is like like quantifiably like objectively the horniest sport yeah because it's so all, like it's because it's all about showing your passion out on the ice for everyone is, to see figure skating slash ice dancing i will use both interchangeably um is just interpretive dance on the ice that's all it is mm-hmm. spencer what did you think of your ice I watched Yuri on Ice many moons ago. Uh, not immediately when it came out, but I want to say around a year after that, 2017 uh, is around when I watched Yuri on Ice. Um, I'm not a figure skating fan. Uh, never was. I'm still not a big figure skating fan, but it makes figure skating interesting, and it... It shows it shows figure skating in a way that a lot of people that are new to the concept of sports or even just figure skating in general will get into. It makes sense. It has a logical through line for all twelve episodes that you can follow and be like, "Oh, figure skating's kind of cool." It's like it's, it's it's like dancing, but with more skill, and you you have to deal with you know jumps and doing short program and free program and stuff like that. So. um... I have issues with the show. I do. Um, do I think that it deserved all of the awards that it got? No. I don't. I genuinely don't think that. However, the show is still incredibly well made. Gorgeously choreographed and animated. And it's really, really good. So definitely give it a watch. Hey, you know what? If uh, credit where credits due, it made me give a shit about figure skating, and it also made me gayer than I already was. So kudos to you, Mappa. Kudos, kudos. I love this. I love this yeah. show. Uh, it's this show. I watched it when it was first aired. Uh, just for context, I watched this when it was first airing because uh, I heard a lot of things about uh, because I was a fan of the director Sayu Yamamoto. Is, I'm a big fan of. He did Mia, Mishiko and Hatsun, which is a great show. And she also did Lupin the Third, the woman called Fujioko Mine, which was the only Lupin the Third thing I had actually seen prior to doing Lupin last year. And I loved it. Um, loved it. And she was also the person who did the storyboards for Redline and Evangelion 2.0. Okay. Kino. Um, uh, so she, obviously, she's Kino. Um, and I'm so I'm a big fan of her, and she did a fantastic job with this. My favorite thing about Yuri and Ice, though, is that it takes a lot of the conventions that you normally see with sports anime, turns them on their head. It's not a standard sports show. Um, uh, for one, it's about adults, which is refreshing. Uh, it's for actually the about most part. <laughs> for the most part, obviously, obviously Yuri Pletsky is younger. I, um, I fucking forgot he was that young, so when they yeah, said he was 15, I was like, huh? Yeah, he's young as shit. Um, most, uh, t- most figure skaters are relatively young, especially yeah. in this... Yeah, like, uh, young as shit, but, like, the main two leads um, are, like, Yuri and Victor are both adults. Um, 
I'm both I like are both adults. Uh, it's a it's a sports show about something that you don't normally see the competition side. You normally see like the dance scene, and it's very pretty. But then you realize that oh shit, it's actually like super competitive. Um, and there's grudges and rivalries and all the cool the hot blooded stuff you normally see with sports shows. Because yes, this is a sports show, and I love and and a lot and I know a lot of and a lot of people dismiss Uranize as just light and fluffy. It is not. Um, light and fluffy, it is not. It is a full-blown sports show, and I and that's one of my favorite things about it. It takes in, it deals with a lot of heavy topics as well. It has one of the, my favorite depictions of anxiety in yep. anime. Um, um, I first I relate a lot to Yuri Kotsky personally. I think he's like one of my he's one of my favorite protagonists uh, in sports in sports shows. I just love this show. Like this show is just fan. <clears throat> And fucking tastic. So let's get into specifics. Shane, what was your favorite episode of Yuri on Ice? I'm gonna say that my favorite there's couple, episode. There's a couple choices here. Mm-hmm. My favorite episode is episode 11. Mm-hmm. And this is right before the uh, the the Grand Prix finals, um, and it's it's kind of a, a culmination of everything the show has been building up to. At that point, seeing how it's like predominantly skating because they're in the midst of the Grand Prix finals now and they're really getting into it. And several characters have programs in this episode. But the one that stands out to me the most is Yuri's because it really shows just how far Yuri has come as both a person and a skater. He's shed a lot of his anxiety, he's gotten more confident. And he really boasts himself out on the ice. He's really, he knows what he's skating for. He knows who he's skating for. <laughs> hmm. um, and he, he, he just knows where his passion is now. He's figured everything out. And he gives one hell of a performance. The best performance he gives. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's just such a, a great progression of Yuri's character. And I honestly think this is... This, if not the next episode, is like the climax of his character arc. Um, yeah. And it's all done visually through his skating, which is great. And then also, this episode has the downfall of JJ, which... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, JJ. R.I.P. JJ. R.I.P. JJ. Rip impasta JJ, eat shit, you are a, even. You are a fucking terrible human being thinking that JJ is the worst character. He is not a bitch. He is not an asshole. He is nothing of the sort, and I will not take this JJ slander sitting down, okay? I will stand up for JJ. Consider me an honorary JJ girl. Well, now now you know how we felt when you were uh, slandering uh, Fuzzy. Slandering Fuzzy. Fuzzy doesn't do anything, though. JJ has a character arc. Fuzzy's a Yeah, but Fuzzy was great. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's episode 11. Great episode. Episode 11. Spencer, what's your favorite episode? <laughs> uh, yet another example of Spencer making a f- weird fucking noise. <laughs> you asked me that as I was taking a drink. <laughs> uh, uh, my favorite episodes are episode eleven and twelve. The um, ah, he's cheating. The Grand Prix final uh, short program and free program and free skate. Um, this show was really good. Okay, and I've said that before, but 
episode 11 was the first episode to make me like cry like t- literal tears because you see yuri nail his fucking program and you're like yes you've come it so wasn't far even, it wasn't even that dude it was fucking fitch it ah uh, yes uh. seeing his seeing his okay so we'll get to it when we get to favorite characters okay because i'll talk about the cast but i did not feel more proud of a character than i did of of fitch it of the Taiwanese character. He did so... Sorry, Thai, not... He, he's from Thailand, not Taiwan. So Thai character. I had so much pride in all of the figure skaters that were in the Grand Prix, but especially him. Because he went through so much to get there. He's the, he's the first South Asian skater to win the China Cup. Like, that's that's impressive. And, like, nobody talks about it. And, um... Fitchett is just a great character. And seeing him and seeing uh, Chris finally kind of recognize Yuri K as a competitor that is worth his time. And, yeah, seeing JJ finally stumble because the, the pressure of everything finally got to him. Because he... He was cocky. He was so used to being the best. He won gold at both of his qualifying rounds, and that should not be looked down on. Like, the guy's an incredible skater, but everything, everybody has a breaking point. And finally being able to see a more vulnerable side of JJ just messing up up his program because he's too stuck in his own head. Well, you see everybody else who's had to deal with things kind of growing while JJ has to learn that maybe he's not the best on the ice, that was a good point. And then episode 12, the culmination of all that, seeing Yuri Kotsky, seeing Yuri K's final free skate, seeing Yuri on ice the way he wanted to make it, mm-hmm. and the ending where him and... Oh my god. just It's such a great two-part finale. And... Yeah. That's that, 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 that's it, dude. It's just so yeah. good. I and, love it. And then, yeah. and then him and Victor fuck on the ice. <laughs> I all mean, pretty much. I actually think that the I think uh, Yuri Plitsky is actually one of the is the dark horse of the finale. I think he gets one of the best, the one of the best moments of the show during the finale because he wins gold and he mm-hmm. absolutely fucking deserves it too because he fucking fantastic. Um, my favorite episode, my favorite episode though, is very predictable. It's episode seven. Uh, uh, is episode seven, which is the which is the ending of the China Cup specifically, mm. uh, which is a fantastic moment for Yuri's character that entire time because the uh, entire time is one Yuri up to this point had been dealing with with like the constant anxiety of not of like he on that he he's afraid that he is not going to be able to live up to what Victor sees that he can do. And, and just be, you know, because of how much he screwed up in the past. And he, and so seeing him finally able to like land that quadruple flip, not completely correctly, but just, just enough that he can actually do it 
is just great because it's a great showcase of the st- of like stepping stones of how to deal with anxiety. Like I love how this show portrays anxiety in particular. That's one that's my favorite thing about it. And the way that you see Yuri's character arc deal with that. And I think episode seven is the most important stepping stone to that. It's why it's why it's my favorite episode. And also uh and also landmark episode, they kiss. Um mm. absolute landmark fucking episode. Yes it's censored. Um, yes, it's censored. But Sayamoto has gone on record to say that she had to fight for even that. Um, but land fucking Mark, and and just like the, that, like that was the moment I think Yuri and Ice went from like just like like kind of like oh really popular with like the like the boys love crowd to like oh now now it's a cultural phenomenon thing. Now, now it's going to like absolutely just explode. Now all now all the gays are coming out. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, the gays have come and they have overwhelmed us. <laughs> uh, uh, but it, it's not Pride Month anymore, so we can't condone that. Obviously, no. Yeah, of course. Not, yeah. No, not, we can't. We, we cannot can't. legally uh, support. We them. cannot legally support them anymore. Um, on, uh, that yeah. So like so Pride so Pride Month. Boo, boo, hiss, boo. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry, guys. We just can't do it anymore. Uh, talk about favorite character, Spencer. Who's your favorite character from here? It's if it's, it's JJ. No, it 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 it's Pitchett. Pitchett. It's Pitchett. Chulinot. Mm-hmm, Pitchett. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pitchett's my great. favorite character. I love Pitchett, though. So because here's why I like Pitchett so much. Okay, Yuri Kotsky, Yuri Plisky, uh, Victor Nikitarov, um, uh, Jean-Jacques Leroy, uh, Chris Giamatti or Giamaletti. Um, well, he's he's Jesus, just Paul, naming names now. Paul 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 Giamatti. Let me get the actual name. Uh, Paul Giamatti. Gia, Paul Gia, Gia, I am the Rhino. I am the Gia, Rhino on ice. Christoph Gia Gia Cometti. So I was actually kind of close. Um, all of those characters that that I mentioned are top of their league, or at least well known. Everybody knows Victor. Guy won five years in a row. Everybody knows Chris, the second in command to Victor. Everybody knew Alton, uh, the guy from Kazakhstan, because he won silver in uh, last year's Grand Prix. But this little plucky kid from Thailand Mm -hmm. who nobody knew about, nobody was paying attention to him, he goes out there and he... um, all he wants is he wants to bring attention to figure skating in Thailand, and he wants to have his own ice show. So he say, so he does his short program and his free program to music from a um, a movie that has a Taiwanese lead or Thai yeah, Taiwanese kid yeah Thai. So I, I sorry, I get them confused. Sorry, Taiwan and Thailand. But that seeing his his short program in the Grand Prix made me cry. Because you could tell he was just having fun. Mm-hmm. And that's what sports is supposed to be at the end of the day. People, too many people take sports way too seriously. And I'll admit, there are times where I'm part of that group. I'm a very competitive person. But at the end of the day, sports should be fun. I play hockey because it's fun. I play soccer, lacrosse, uh, football, basketball, baseball, judo, karate. I did all that stuff because it was fun. And that's what it should be. And that's where his program came out and why I fell in love with the character so much. 
is because he's out there to make people smile. He messes up, he gets back, and he do- he did what nobody else thought he could do. Sure, he didn't make the podium. Sure, he came in pretty low in the standings, all things considered. He came in fourth or fifth. But the fact that he made it, we all knew Yuri Kotsky was going to make it. Yuri Plisky was going to make it. When you saw JJ, JJ was going to make it. But nobody was 100% on, on pitch it because nobody, because everybody counted him out. Except for Chow Chow, except for uh, Guan Long from China, you know, except for Yuri. Those people counted on him. And because of that, I could really connect with that character of just having fun when you're playing sports. Uh-huh. I love Yuri. He's an excellent depiction of anxiety. I love Victor. He's a little goofball Russian man. Plisky's an... Yuri P is kind of a dickhead. He's just an angry Russian guy. The only thing that could make JJ better is if they gave him an actual accent, and that's what I call uh, cowards. How dare you? The guy's from Quebec. Could He's a Quebecois. Been... He should be. He sounds. He sound like he has broken English. The, like, like, <laughs> imagine if he shows up at at the hospital and goes, uh, sorry, at the hotel and goes, "Oh, uh, Yuri, I uh, think uh, we should go get some dinner tonight, don't you know?" I would not be able to take him as seriously. Or like, or like, he's from like northern Ontario, and he like shows off his girlfriend, and he's like, "Hey, there, boy, check out the rocket I got over here, there, boys. You want to go out there for a couple of brewskis and a rip there, don't you? Fuck yeah." Like imagine, Shane's dying if, internally right now. Imagine if I JJ sounded like that. <laughs> it would be the best. And, but no, I, 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 I love people that can make sports fun. And seeing his presentation made me cry both times. And that's just how good it is. Right. So yeah. Uh, Shane, who's your favorite character? Okay, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna say my favorite character. Is Yuri P, angry little Russian boy. Angry little Russian boy, let's go. Angry little Russian boy. I was gonna say Victor, but I'm going back and forth. I think that I like Yurio. Yurio. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more, because as much as I love Victor and his goofball gay Russian man antics and the fact that he genuinely cares for uh, Yuri. Yurio is an interesting character because, you know me, this is 100% my type of character. Little angry man, chip on his shoulder, against the whole world, but has a heart of gold. That's 100% my character archetype, and seeing Yurio come from being the bitter rival to winning the whole thing at the end... It's it's such a it's such a great character arc to to watch throughout the show. Every time every time Yuri is on screen, I'm like, "That's my little Russian boy. That's my little angry man. Let's fucking go. Go see your grandpa. Go see your grandpa. Get some treats." Yeah, yeah it's great. Fucking yeah, Yuri's Yuri's great. Yuri is great, and he has some of the best moments in the show. Uh and uh, now I, I I love and I love how he has both the names Russian punk and Russian fairy, which mm-hmm. is both very which is so funny. Because he's so a, he's funny. a bitter ball of anger, but he also softens up over time and he becomes more yeah. in tune with his feelings. Like he's a known as, it's just like he's only known as the Russian fairy because he's hot because he's yeah good, he's got good looks. That, yeah, he is fifteen it. though, so we can't sexualize him. Yeah, yeah, we can't sexualize him. He is under. And put him However, in cat ears though. 
However, we can sexualize my favorite character, Viktor Nikolov. There it is. Um, Nikitarov. Uh, uh, Viktorov. Oh, I love Viktorov. Viktorov. The most Russian man in existence, Viktor Viktorov. Viktorov. Oh, fucking. Viktor Nikolov. I love this man, okay? This man... This, the, no, this man is... One, the gayest man alive. And I love that. Second... This man, though, like this, like he is, you know, he is not. No, he is like the double whammy of a character I love. He is not only hilarious and has like funny antics, and he has a lot, sort of a lot of the comedy in your and I assume is like the way he speaks and the fact that he just kind of doesn't give a fuck. He lives life how he feels like it, goes with the flow kind of thing. But he also, he's a great mentor character because. You always know that, like, deep down, everything he's doing has a point to it. Where, like, he uh, has a point to it. He's extreme, like, he's extremely intelligent in what he's doing, and he know, no, and 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 like, and you can kind and you can kind of, and you can definitely see that when, like, he's when he's training uh, both Yuri and Yurio, and he has a fantastic, and just like every, and like learning more about him as the show goes on, uh, like how. You, you learn like how like how you learn that he like lost inspiration to create new moves because everyone just kept using his shit over and over again um, until he sees Yuri and he's like, "Yo, I can do that again. I can keep on like creating new routines and stuff." So like to like like learning more about him is what makes him like like the, one of the more most well-rounded characters in the show, and he's the most fun to watch on screen. And I just love I just love Victor. He just like he's what makes the show for me. Uh, and I really, really like him because of that. But but with a favorite, must come a least favorite. I'm gonna start. Just I'm just gonna start with Shane. Shane, Shane who's your least favorite? Wrong you, know, you can tell me I'm wrong. I don't give a shit. It, my least wrong. favorite is JJ. I just, out of everyone, he's he is the one that I genuinely just do not like. Like I I I find him arrogant. I find him pompous. I find him stuck way head up way up his own ass uh which makes his downfall in episode 11 all the more satisfying to me but he's uh, voiced the, by mamoru miyano he's voiced by mamoru miyano and jeremy inman in the dub uh unfortunately no, he's, he's not kevacqua but it's ezra rice actually Rit, it says in the credits jeremy inman no it's ezra rice it's yeah. ezra rice the fuck tell them that they're wrong email them I will tell Funimation they're wrong. Anyway, yeah, I, I just I I just can't get behind JJ. That I just I just don't click with him. Sorry, you fucking Canadian douche. Okay, it's a fucking uh, Spencer. I can call him that this? because I'm Canadian. So yeah, you know yeah, what? yeah. We're all Canadian here. You want to play this game? You want to play this yeah. game, Shane? Who's your least favorite? Go ahead, do it. Okay, it's Yuri Plisky. There you go. And I respect oh, your decision, even if it's man. wrong. Is it, did, ooh, did, we're about to get. We're okay, about to have no, a fight. Um, sort of. I like all the characters. I just find Yuri P to be ninety nine percent of the time just completely insufferable. But then he hugs his grandpa, and then he hugs his grandpa, and I'm like, oh, you you loved your grandpa, B. That's that's really nice. And then uh, his grandpa so like, make him pour cup with bowl cold. <laughs> Yeah, I can't even say the proper Russian. Yeah, I don't. Beginning. I don't know fucking Russian. Well, mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty good language. Uh, no, um, no, it, it's not Yuri P, but it also is Yuri P, uh, because 
some of the other characters just don't get uh, screen time for me to really care. Uh, mm-hmm. He is given basically the secondary lead role, and I do genuinely find that character type to be just annoying. And and while I could see him grow throughout the entire thing, and JJ was only about three or four episodes, um, I could understand where both of them were, were, were coming from. But while JJ was quote unquote pompous, um, Yuri for the first like three four episodes is just completely just despisable. Guy just shows up, won't won't take like won't take a loss properly. Expects to just drag Victor against his whim back to Russia, and then and then he he slowly grows. He slowly becomes more agape. He understands that that. That that familial love, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's I, I just don't like that character trait. That's a personal pro- uh, preference, but I also really do like Yuri. So it's a it's a weird thing where it's like I have a least favorite, but it's not really a least favorite for the entire show. It's just for a little chunk of it. Understand? Yeah, I'm also in a weird position. I'm in a weird position where. I think JJ is way too much fun as a character in order to hate him too much because he's one—he's voiced by Mamoru Miano because I watched this in sub and I love Miano's performance as him, and I also think that he's like just a great antagonist because like he's he's camp he's camp he's perfect he's the perfect type of antagonist for this and his his over the top personality really like contrasts everything else in the show. Um, Theme of King JJ is the yeah. best. Yeah, so what I have to do, so what I do is I have to go with the character, is that, is that I was like, okay, there's a lot of the international skaters, and all, and not all of them get a lot of screen time. Um, and some of them I don't, and, and I don't like some of them, just because they don't, not only don't get enough screen time, but I also don't think that they're that interesting or they're assholes. And I'm gonna, the so South Korean I, one? Oh, well, it's the South Korean one. Yep. Uh, I don't like them very much. I think he's a dick, uh, and he's not interesting. He's the type of character trait that I'm not a huge fan of, where he's like, oh, he's got a lot of, like, big, he's a lot of fans because he's really attractive, but he's actually, like, emotionless and doesn't care about anything other than the sport. And I'm like, fuck off. Like, fucking, I've seen that character trait so much. I've seen him in, I, it's in every single sports show and, or sports thing, and, it it's an it it's one of the it's one of the ones where I'm it's one of those shows I'm like okay yeah I can do without this like I can do without this and he doesn't get and he doesn't get nearly enough screen time to even develop his character anyways yeah so I barely even remember him. Yeah, I think he was he only showed up for like a couple of episodes got like no screen time so he got two episodes we saw one and a half of his programs and then yeah. he got like fifth place and didn't make it yeah di- didn't make it yeah so like it's like why bother. Yeah, lol rip. Uh, not much of a loss though. He was an asshole, so you know, not much. Not much of a loss there. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about the rest of the show, like the animation. Okay. Here. Fucking animation. Like, it's not perfect, but There's some, from yeah, yeah, from a technical perspective, it is extremely impressive. And seeing as how like half of the show is mm-hmm. the skating, mm-hmm. honestly insane levels of amb- uh, of ambition for this a show. lot of it is a lot of it is rotoscoped a lot of it is um, rotoscoped and you can tell a lot mm-hmm. of it does have that lifelike movement to it 
Um, it used a fuck ton of key animators because of how much because uh, had and like. Half. Yeah, in that uh, in the early episode, because the each character was handled by a different key animator, uh, purpose upon purpose, in order to make sure that each particular character moved like that on its own. Obviously, that changed because of just like, production problems, because it's a Mappa show. Um, uh, but what they used, what they used, interestingly, is that for the, the sound effects, there the, the, was the sound work here. Is I think mm-hmm. is the most interesting thing, is that they did not use that. Is that a lot of anime like this use stock sounds? Yuri and Ice is one of the few animes that not a single sound effect in the show is stock. None so of they it. Rec- they recorded all-, all of it. Yes, they recorded all of it. Uh, no stock sounds were used, and no f- and no, and no sound effects from professional skaters because it muffles the sound. So what they did was they actually went out and recorded actual skating. So what they did was they would animate the skating, have someone perform it, and then record and that's recorded. Um, and they would actually have to do it. And let's say you have certain characters like JJ who do repeat different pro, like who repeat similar programs. They would have to record them twice because they would record them again in a separate venue because of the bigger, bigger location audience. Right, right, they right. took into account if there was like an extra person there. Yeah. Building the amount capacity, of work done crowd behind size, the yeah. venue, it was mm-hmm. all done by the choreographer. Each sequence is unique and is recorded to create a unique and even animated to create a unique skating style because no two skaters skate the same. Like, this is some of the most in-depth, like, nano-perfection I've seen in a sports anime. And it's absolutely because of Yasai Yamamoto, who's well-known as a perfectionist. Uh, her her work on, um, her, her, like, her work has always been known as, like, she's a perfectionist director. Um, and you can tell, and she's spectacular. Her work here is amazing. And, yeah, the animation isn't perfect. It does reuse a lot, especially in the back half. Uh, there's a lot of reused animation in the back half, and you can kind of tell by the end that the production's falling apart a bit. Yeah. Um, I I don't even think the issue is that they reuse a lot of it because I had the I had the uh, I had that issue when I first watched show. I'm like, man, a lot of the skating animation is just reused. But then I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, it kind of makes sense not only because they repeat yeah they repeat specific programs for different events, but also each new cut of that program is just slightly different or extended or something like that. It's never one-to-one the exact same thing every time. And I think that's intentional because it shows just how far that skater has come developing that program. So it's, it's a case of utilizing reused animation for a character purpose. And I think that's ingenious, frankly. Yeah, that isn't, that is ingenious. It's very, It's, 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 some of it's fucking wonky. Uh, because of so, the rotoscoping, but hey, how much wonky because rotoscoping? But rotoscoping is always going to look wonky. Yeah. Um. And it. And this is one of the better examples of it. That being said, most of the little small, tiny issues with the animation I have aren't even with the skating stuff. It's by the end of the last two episodes, some of the dialogue sequences look a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. And that's not necessarily. I. I think that is again because the production was starting to fall apart at the seams. Uh. Because again. It's a fucking map it's a map show. show. It's even okay, and, even and, then, I do not give a hundred percent of the blame to Mappa 
Have you tried working for a perfectionist? It's fucking difficult. I I yeah. was going to say, I think, and this is really my one major issue with the show, is that it's an ambitious project, but it starts to crumble under its own ambition. Like, it's, yeah. too, it's too ambitious, and clearly the production could not keep up. It was That's, very much, this was Sayo Yamamoto's baby. This was her baby, and you couldn't touch it because she was the writer and director on this. Yep. And she had, and in a rare piece of anime, in a, in a rare in rare animation, in like rare, in a rare anime feat, she had full creative control. That's you impressive. don't so. touch a you don't touch a director's baby, or else they will bite your hand off. And yeah, that's you kind of what happened. Yeah, um, and she and like so she she a lot of it was so she had a lot of control over like how this ended up. An, another minor gripe I have is that the show is repetitive, very repetitive, and I think while... that might have to do with figure skating, though. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. It's but it still doesn't take away from the fact that you have like four episodes of unique con, five episodes of unique content, and then the same two songs over and over for the last back half, and that's a nitpick, and it's something that. I get it because it's figure skating, but it doesn't take away from the fact that I've seen it before. And yeah, getting to see them grow is great, but I know the songs by now. To be fair, though, those songs fucking whip. Oh, they oh, yeah, do the whip. Whole, the, the music the to the show is yeah. fantastic. Speaking of music, let's talk about that OP. That oh, fucking. One of my favorites of the year came out. Um, one of my favorites of 2016. Uh, and um, it's it's the kind it's the kind of OP where you listen to it and it's a imme- like you hear the first couple of notes and you immediately know what it is. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's the best kind of OP. It's a fucking waltz, dude. It's a waltz, which is perfect for a figure skating show. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's a waltz, but it's also like kind of it's but it's but it's it's like a, it's a waltz pop music, which is yeah. like an interesting it's, mix. It's slightly because it's. It's a three, four times signature, but it's also slightly offbeat with some minor syncopation throughout. Like it, it's it's musically impressive as well as just being really nice to listen to. Yeah, and also when the beat drops. Yeah. Top tier. <laughs> <laughs> the the fucking the, the beat drops. It's really great, and the ED is really good too. It is. Um, really ED, good. ED is great because it's um the visuals are nice because it shows the more slice of life aspects of the show. Also that song just whips. I don't, I don't know what it's about that song. I just I just find The song whips. Song whips. The music in general just like the from the OPED and the actual score is all excellent. Um it's mm-hmm. all excellent. If I have any if I have any actual criticisms of the show like outside of the minor animation faults and the overambition, which is more nitpicks than anything, it's not really an issue. My only other actual like like an actual maybe issue with the show is probably you know is probably due to it you no know, is probably by the, is you know is that by the end as much as I think the ending is fantastic Victor's arc is not done mm-hmm. by the end yeah the because it, it the show ends with him announcing that he's coming back to competitive skating and then it just ends <laughs> yeah it ends obviously we have a movie coming. Which has been and, in development hell for how long? Which has been in development hell because Sayo Moto's directing it. My guess is probably perfectionism once again. 
Um, but since it's a movie, that's I don't think the animation is going to be as much of an issue there um, no. as a weekly TV show. I'm Especially since exce- they've been working on it for how many years? And also because apparently um, they work it on the movie. The movie was supposed to be was originally going to be like 90 minutes to 100 minutes. But due to fan ideas, fan demand, and also just a bunch of rewrites, the movie's now going to be like two and a half hours. So they added an <clears> extra <throat> hour to the movie. Yikes. Um, uh, extra hour to the movie. My guess is it's probably a lot of. Uh, I think I. I am my uh, my guess is that because apparently the movie's going to be like a Godfather Part Two situation, and that's weird to say. Where half of it's a prequel, half of it's a sequel. It's going to showcase Victor's history hmm. in the past, and it'd be also be a sequel to Yuri on Ice, and then probably follow up from the end of that, uh, yeah. Grand Prix, and then which means it's Victor entirely about Victor, which means it's yeah. entirely about Victor, pretty much. And then the present um, stuff will be about Victor coming back to competitive skating and him forming a quote-unquote rivalry with Yuri while he's still coaching him. Coaching him and fucking, of course. Uh, yeah, of course. Just like just as a movie, I think dick, we'll probably you know? get more actual confirmation that they're actually a thing because they never actually confirmed that in the show. The but mo- let's be honest, <laughs> the movie will open on a scene of Yuri getting dicked down by Victor. <laughs> <laughs> just full, just flat out penetration. Hard R, like hard. Hard R. Like you cannot bring your children to this. You have to ask for a copy from the back room. Like, 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 <laughs> only viewable on, like, Pornhub Premium, like, hard R. Fuck. Fucking, you have to fucking walk in and be like, and, uh, fuck it, you have to walk in and be like, do you have the thing? Yes, I do. And you just pull, and they just pull, and, it's, and, then, and then it's just like, they, like, they bring you to the back room, there's like, it's guy in a brown with a paper fucking... bag. No, no, there's a guy in a fucking trench coat. With like a brown paper bag. And, it's, and the brown it paper bag it. gives it to you, you open it up, and it's fucking you. <laughs> I was thinking He's they like, bring you into oh. the back room, and then they open up, like, a secret door to the, like, basement, and then you go down, and it's, like, behind a vault that they have to get through, like, three doors. A vault? It's, <laughs> like, 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 three-factor authentication. You need, like, a voice sample, like, biometrics, a you password. Need fingerprints. <laughs> yeah, yeah retinal scan yeah what did you give what will you give yuri on ice yeah let's go to final yeah scores, let's do final score let's do I, final scores. I have to leave in like 15 minutes yeah, yeah i was gonna say we gotta wrap up and also like yeah just we we're done talking about we i think we talked about everything we wanted to yes. so uh spencer what would you give yuri on ice i was debating between a really high eight and a low to mid nine um but i think i'm gonna go with a nine out of ten i i thoroughly enjoyed my rewatch and the issues that that i have are purely nitpicks i don't think it's 10 out of 10 worthy honestly though because the nitpicks are still there um but the show succeeds in what it's supposed to do it's incredibly well-made look at lgbt and anxiety and that and i'm still not a fan of figure skating but if they made a movie when when the movie comes out i'll probably watch that shane Ten out of fucking ten, boy. Same, Shane. Same with that. Ten out of ten. This is like one it... of my favorite shows of twenty sixteen. This was my anime of the year for twenty sixteen, by the way. And I think after, and I'm, and I think it's still that. I, I would need to think on it, but like it's up there. Yeah, for sure. it's it's incredible. It does so many things right. It's a great look at not only figure skating, but also great representation of anxiety, LGBTQ, uh, passion. Uh, 
the only the only thing I can say against it is that it's too ambitious for its own good, but they somehow pulled it off. So I'd rather a show be too ambitious than not ambitious enough. Yeah, frankly, I enjoy ambition and it and it's it's a show that means a lot to me. I love it and I can't wait for the film uh, whenever that comes out. And I just I love this show. It's just mm, it's just a fantastic show, which means now it's time to pick our next featured anime of the podcast. If you don't know how this works, we rotate. Every time between a random anime generator pick with me and Shane. Your nice was the sports meta, the sports randomizer for the month. Uh, so it's time for a pick from me and Shane, and it's my turn to pick. And so I'd say let's go. It's, it's time we go back to our volleyball boys. <gasps> yeah. Let's do a season two on the gap. We're going back to high Q. Because I want to watch IQ Season 2. Back to Kurosano, boys. This this is purely... This is purely a fucking just, like, vanity... This is a vanity podcast. Because I just want to fucking watch IQ Season 2, and I need an excuse. This is where it goes from a 9 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10. I cannot wait for Season 2. I've heard it's, like, better than the first season, and I really like the first season a lot. So I cannot wait for more uh and so we'll see so uh i'm matt aka legion x you can find me on twitter at legion x you want to find me on youtube at legion rex where i'm doing not just a let's play of mass effect but a blind let's play of scarlet nexus so make sure you go check that out um so you can experience scarlet nexus along with me uh with me also have my co-host shane aka the beautiful one you can find him on twitter at beauty gaming network uh, you want to find him on Twitch as well, where he streams every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And the day he just goes up, he should be streaming Yakuza Kiwami 2 again. Yeah, I'll be back to um, Kiwami 2, and we're going to fucking, uh, we're going to vibe, boys. We're going to vibe. You're going to vibe. Um, and uh, fucking uh, uh, hopefully get more story progress done. Yeah, maybe. vibing on the streets of Sotenbori. And Sotenbori. Um, and you can also find him on YouTube at Vita Gaming Network. We post Let's Plays, Podcasts. We uploads of live streams, uh, gameplay videos, a bunch of other stuff, and you can also, and also we have our co-host Spencer. You can find him on Twitter, Barry Burton, two, two E's. and he po- and he likes lots of cosplay pictures. Yes, I do. Um, and uh, so and I hope you had a wonderful podcast. This was a lot longer than I intended. We intended it to be, but we had a lot to talk about. Uh, Wonder so, Egg but, priority happened. No, yeah, but I, I hope you happened. all. In- yeah, yeah, one already happened. But I hope you all enjoyed, and we'll see you all next time for some high Q. Yeah, volleyball boy time. Woo! Ah! Okay, we'll see you next time. Thank you, Ning Jap. Like, you can subscribe to the Gap Podcast YouTube channel to get the latest podcasts as they go live. Be sure to like and comment and let us know what you guys think of the show. And if you want an audio only version of this episode, you can check out our SoundCloud page. The link will be in the description. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Don't